The D and Davis Show. D and Davis Show. We got a great show going on today for you guys. We're going to have David Schuster from 6-7 to score to come on and talk to us about definitely the Cubs and unfortunately a little bit of Bulls chatter. And then later on in the show, we're going to have Lamont Pope. We haven't had him on uh, for a long time to help break down the White Sox. And of course, since he, he, he covers the ND, we got to ask him a couple questions about Notre Dame football. I'm Kenneth Davis, and the voice you hear right after me is the chocolate one himself. His name is D. Demon Spiro. Hey, thanks for everybody for rocking with us. Make sure you follow us on Twitter and Instagram at D and Davis Show. That's at D and Davis Show. Facebook.com forward slash D and Davis Show. Uh, let's see what else we got. Email if you want to do this. Hey, you can do that. DNAShow at gmail.com. You can also, uh, well, not also, but you definitely, definitely, definitely need to pod, uh, listen to the podcast, rate, share, listen, download, all that good stuff. iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Music, Stitcher, the TuneIn app, Spotify, and YouTube. We are everywhere. I'm on Twitter at Demons1, D E M O N D E M O N Z E. Can't even spell my own damn name. At that's Davis, Kenneth Davis. Executive producer of the Dean Davis Show and Dean Davis the Flip, one Mr. Ryan Bukabeski. Make sure you follow Ryan on Twitter at Ryan B. Ski. Hey man, Guy Stevens. He's on Twitter at Pay the Guy. And Dedrin Cologne. And Dedrin Cologne. Dedrin, what's your Twitter handle again? Dedrin 180. There you go. You should know that, dude. I should. Look. All the social media stuff you do. Uh, look. <laughs> Lucky Charm Eye last night, James Harden. Uh, stayed the course. Wait, what you just call him? He said that his eyes are lucky charm. That that bloodshot eyes are lucky charm. Are they red lucky charms? Not for the kids. <laughs> <laughs> Bloody charms. <laughs> but look, Houston tied up the series with Golden State. Yeah, uh, definitely. It was a it was an it was an entertaining game. Um, look, KD man. I mean, James Harden is doing his thing. But Kevin Durant, his efficiency and how unstoppable he can be sometimes, it, it, it aggravates me because it's like, why are you there? But still to see a all-time great play at such a phenomenal level, is it's, it's admirable. It's, and I, I enjoy, yeah. especially, in yeah. the, and this is the yeah. thing again, when we were talking about the playoffs and earlier, uh, a couple shows back, we were talking about Denver and seeing if they can actually prove their, their playoff grit and they have so far and we'll get into Denver and Portland in a second but to see KD on a, a team where the, the Splash Brothers really haven't been popping in this series uh, Draymond Green has rejuvenated Draymond himself. has been playing very well and Andre Iguodala also yes, uh, the, 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 the Hampton Five are definitely in effect but the scoring on the bench even though you can't complain as much even though you need more scoring on the bench mm -hmm. but when you insert Iguodala off the bench into the starting lineup you're going to lose scoring on the bench right. but uh, just looking at that, that series tied up 2-2, two, two, I definitely felt that if it went 3-1, Houston would quit. I'm not. I'm gonna say it. I, I felt like Houston would quit. I, yeah, going back to Golden, going back to Oakland. Yeah, yeah, would have been tough. I feel like go. So, so for them to tie up the series right now and basically make it a three game series is going to be entertaining. I still don't know if Houston can can sustain the scoring pace that they're on uh, against a team that even though Splash Brothers aren't performing well, but that team is just supremely loaded. I think that's the biggest key. Clay Thompson, I don't know what's going on with you, but you gotta show up. And and typically though, this is what happened with Clay. He will kind of like fade in the back a little bit, and then all of a sudden, Snap. wow, Clay Thompson just dropped 60 points in three quarters. You know, mm -hmm. he can definitely do that. He has that ability to do that. Steph off the bad performance in game three, missing that dunk and a couple of layups. <laughs> they could have won that game off a few layups, easy layups that he could have had. You know, that's a possibility they could have done that. 
Um, but he kind of showed up a little bit in game four. The first the first quarter, I think he dropped like 11 points. And after that, he was kind of like, mm, his his Steph again. But they're, playing, the they're playing really good, great defense on Steph, though. Is Steph the key for if Houston's going to have a chance in that series? Yeah. If Steph doesn't play well, that's their only shot? I think that's it. I think, listen, I mm. think Kevin Durant is mm. the best player in the league right now. It's no doubt about it. But... Steph Curry is the engine to that call. When he is hitting his shots, along with Kevin, what Kevin Durant is doing, and you have a resurgence of Draymond Green and Iguodala's hitting shots when you need to, all you might need is like 15 points out of Clay. Timely hitting, timely hit shots from Clay. That's all you might need. Okay, give me 20 points. I think that's the key with both of them. The timely shots. I, yeah. I yeah. Can they hit those fourth quarter like daggers right. where you're like, oh my yeah. God, this is never gonna end? Yes, and and look at Houston. Will Eric Gordon's play go to Oakland? That's a big key. Mm. Chris Paul is not really had a great series, in my personal opinion. He he hasn't really had it. James Harden, James Harden is just going crazy. You have, um, but the only problem with Chris Paul, yeah. I mean, I think he's he's averaging close to like seventeen. It's, it's not a bad series, but the problem is he, it's under the radar. But see, he can't elevate in the lane like he used to. He can get to so the lane. He got that now. He step goes back baseline. The in the past, he could perhaps be able to, to, to get the ball to the other side of the rim to mm-hmm. elevate himself. Like now at his age and after microfracture surgery, yep. like he can't, like he's not the in lane threat that he used to be. And that takes, that it, it really hurts the team in a way because he can still break down anybody. But you know, if he can't get that floater, if he's not the distance to get that floater going, mm-hmm. if he's like four feet close to the rim, What's he really going to do right now? Sometimes he tries, but it's more, and we were saying this last year, when they lost, like, man, Chris Paul's age, man. And then every time one of them goes down, in the game before, both of them both went, went down. down. And yeah. I was like, oh, it's yep. happening now, huh? Yep. Like, you yeah. quitting? Yeah. No, but <laughs> you quitting. I mean, he's now, Chris Paul is now turned into that wisely, that wily, that veteran. Mm-hmm. And his game is just very floor-based. You know what I'm saying? He's not that dude anymore. But you have an Eric Gordon who's been killing it at the three point shot. Picked it up. They picked it up big time. But the question. Defensively, too. Yes. Yeah, listen, they have harassed Steph. And Clay. And Clay. And the one thing that travels typically is what? Your defense. But if one of them even have a Steph and Clay game, it's not even a contest because look what KD is doing. Look what Draymond is doing. And they, they lost, they lost the, the first the game two in overtime. And then he lost last night. By what six points? So it's not as if they're getting. It's not as if Houston's blowing them out, and and Houston is getting seventeen point leads, fifteen point See, leads. That doesn't count. And Oakland, I'm Oakland, Golden State count. is walking them down. But that's the problem with Golden State, man. Like we always said that you need twenty because they're going to cut that down Quick. basically. Like when you can, dog, when you can knock down threes at that clip, let alone you have an efficient player like uh, KD, mm-hmm. it's it's just almost impossible. And look, it's almost impossible, and they're not even what they used to be, and it's almost impossible. You like, can see this how team has holes. Yeah. yeah, it has holes in it, and yeah. it's like when you have that. We're talking about guys that we're like, if they can just hit, like man, there's still the value on those guys with what KD does. It's like man, this is almost impossible. Dean Davis Show recording right here, six seventy score. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at Dean Davis Show. Here's a question: Would this be a series if Boogie was healthy? Um, yeah, maybe. You still think so? Because I, I mean. <sighs> They probably win an extra game. It Maybe. might be three one right Maybe. now. Maybe, but see, you also the pace is going to be slowed down. Think about that. And defensively, Boogie will be like, "What's all right?" So what? What you guys going to do on the pick and roll with uh, Clint Capella and uh, uh, and um, Chris Paul? 
Cause Boogie, hey Boogie, you know yeah, Clint Capella's about to there. slip this this real quick, right? So I mean, how how dogmatic is is Boogie gonna be to stick with those players in that situation? But look at the offense rebounds that a smaller power forward is getting in Tucker. It's quite a few times that he's been getting he's been getting those offensive rebounds. You have Boogie out there, maybe you maybe you don't get those if Boogie's in the post. And can you bring Boogie in maybe like True. a ten minute stretch when Harden's on the bench and Capella's on the bench yeah. or something like that? Dump it down. Let Boogie, let Boogie do what he want to do. That's a good one. Yeah. But see, the only problem with that still would be usually if if Harden's on the bench, you're going to have Chris Paul out there, and Chris Paul's going to exploit him like that because um, that's again we're going back to the pick and roll, True. right? And Chris Paul's mm-hmm. going to take advantage of that. I'm not saying that it it would hurt them, but it seems like them going back to the Hampton Five, especially. With this, think about this too. You just said this has been a close series. Yeah, it has. But it has been a would it be series. a close series if Golden State is still trying to figure out everything? Because yeah, Boogie could take away shots from Clay and Steph since they're not hitting. But imagine if Boogie's taking those shots and he's cold because Boogie was off and on, and they're still cold, and you don't have enough uh, sh- enough shots to figure it out because you're trying to make sure Boogie's getting off. Listen, I know I asked a question. Would it make a difference? But when Boogie went down, I was like, okay, they're just gonna go back to the way they was playing before. And it's but and and I, I'll say this. It's just the fact that Clay and Steph hasn't had their Steph and Clay moments yet. And this may be the series where I won't say you didn't need Boogie the most, because you don't have a a traditional center. I mean, you have a rim running uh guy that's a, a defensive dude that that can definitely pay pick and roll. He can't do pick and pop and Clint Capella. But um I don't know if this would have been the series where you could have really exploited the use of Boogie as you could have against um uh, OKC mm-hmm. uh with Steven Adams, uh with if Newark or even even in his canter with Portland, or even with the fact of Boogie could match up as far as pull out big man, pull out big man with the Joker in Denver. Mm-hmm. So I think with those teams that wouldn't necessarily play small it, it's a benefit to have a boogie, but with a, a Houston team that, even though with Clint Capella in there, you wouldn't say they're playing small, but kind of what he does and his ability to switch off in a way they are playing small. They just have a better defender, a rim protector at times, and Clint Capella did regularly if you had a small player at center. Game five and game six are uh, tomorrow, and I'm sorry, the 10th is Friday. So it's a possibility, possibility, that this series could be over by the time we record again. So, here's a question. Do we think it's over, or do we think we're going to a Game 7? Right now, the series is, di- is tied to I can't say it's I can see it going 6. And I mean, I'm saying 6 for Golden State. So, you, so oh, okay. All right, so wait a minute, hold on. So, they do the 2-2-1? Two, two and one? They do. So, the next game is in Golden State. That's mm-hmm. tomorrow at 9.30 here in Chicago. Uh, game six is back in Houston on the tenth. No time has been determined. So they're doing the one 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 next. So you're saying the possibility if so? Let me ask you this: I'm if, like this. if Golden State wins Game Five, you think they close it in Houston? Is that yeah. where you're at? Yes, I do. Right. <sighs> I did not think Houston was going to win both at home. I really thought this I was coming either. back three one to I Golden State. Yep. I just don't see it going seven, though. I think Golden State's going to win. I'll say I this much. It'll be interesting if Houston gets the next game. Oh, If man. Houston gets the then next game. Then it's definitely going seven. If Yeah. I would, I would go the other way. I think, if, I think if Houston gets the next game, I think Houston can close them out. Mm, it'd be interesting. I think it's going to be kind of like out. last year, maybe. It's going to be that game six. If Houston shows up at home game six, 
we'll probably have a game seven. But think about it. Before then, we knew, like, by game four and five-ish, we were like, whoa, this Houston team could actually beat them for real. Like, it was like hands down. But if Houston plays it really close in game five. It was better Chris Paul, too. Yes. And let's say they they barely, let's say Golden State barely survives game five. Mm-hmm. Would you start feeling like Houston maybe can do it? No. How I, I think it's well? momentum. I think if, I think, I take that back, it's not momentum. It's Steph and Clay. If they can just get one good game out of that, these next two, I think they'll probably close out. So what I'm saying is, I side, I side with you, Ken. If Golden State can get game five, I think think they could probably go ahead and wrap it up. Mm-hmm. I'm saying if Houston gets game five, I think Houston can wrap it up. That would be okay. fun. Look, let's go to the other Western Conference series tied up 2-2 also, and it's Portland versus Denver. Um, predictions as far as that. We'll do some of the East. Uh, definitely break down our thoughts with Milwaukee. D had Milwaukee basically winning that series. It seemed like mm-hmm. it's going to come to fruition. We'll talk about that later. But uh, Portland and Denver, listen, I'm going to be straight up on facts. I don't know who winning this one. Yeah, about true. that. Right, it's a mirror. Let it's me, a mirror. Let me uh, sit there and uh, tell you as far as my <laughs> thoughts on that. I don't know. Like, I mean, looking at this team, I would have thought that the um, experience from Portland, and especially for them to take out OKC in the fashion that they did, that they will be able to handle this Denver team who has been there all year. Mm-hmm. And my question was Denver's experience and would they get the the, the playoff medal. And they've gotten it. Like, it's all props to them. Like, yeah. you, their team now, you have to say, if they're not hurt next year and if uh, egos don't get in the way, it's because as their stars are growing or whatever, man, that's going to be a hard and that's a deep team that you have to face. I think what you're seeing right here are probably the next two teams in the West. Let's see when Golden State eventually dismembers or just age and attrition. Father Time wins all the time. They take a step back. These are the two teams that's coming up next. And probably, to be honest with you, it's probably more so, excuse me, probably more so Denver. Yeah. I agree. I have to say um, that. Yeah, I think it's and more so remember Denver. remember I mean, he broke broke his leg. Yeah, he did. He you did. You can't say he's going to come back next year. I mean, look at, 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 at Hayward. He still isn't right. Right. Everyone is He's a, a big George. man, too. That's the thing. Yeah, right. the type of weight that you're putting on Exactly. It. So you look at this series. I think, I, I agree with you, Ken. I think it's what you want to call maybe a mirror series. Mm. They're, they're very similar in a sense of kind of like the experience Portland has been there, but now Denver has finally figured out how to do it, and now it's kind of like, okay, now you have a, 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 a tug of war right here. Uh, I could definitely see this series going seven games for sure, but I will say this. Whoever wins this, and I think I, f- I forgot who I asked, they're going to be a problem for the next team they play. Either one of these teams. I don't care if it is Golden State. I don't care if it's, if it's Houston. One of these teams can beat them. No doubt about it. Yeah, I'm not even, That's not even a question. That the Western, if Golden State loses to Houston, which is a possibility, it's open. The Western Conference is open. Either one of them teams, the three teams, could probably go to the NBA Finals. But I love it. It's a fun series. I think you're starting to see young stars kind of bloom right in front mm-hmm. of you. Wait. That's that's the cool thing about this series. Before we go to David Schuster coming up, yes, I got to ask a question. Yes, Houston versus Denver. Who you got? I'll take Denver. I'm gonna go Houston. Yeah, I would go Houston. You still going Houston? I'm gonna go Houston. I'm, I'll go Denver. I thought I like Portland the had the bona fide star power, and I I'm surprised at how much Denver's negated it. But I don't think they'd be able to stop James Harden the yeah. way that they've stopped Dame Lillard and CJ McCollum. Yeah. So I, okay. So but can they? But can they? Real quick. But can they slow down everybody else? I'm not worried about everybody else. We worried about James. But, <laughs> I mean, but 
James, obviously, I mean, that's yes, how they've gotten there this year. Like, it's, it's basically, it's not the same way, but it's the Giannis thing. Our offense is predicated on let him snap, and we kind of just fill in the spaces around him. That's mm. what their offense has been this season. Mm. All right. Okay. Uh, Houston versus Portland. I think Houston wins that. I don't know. Yeah, because who's, like who's, like who's, who's, guarding, who's guarding Harden? If you had Jokic, maybe. Yeah. True. Nurkic, maybe. That I think that would have been the for sure. Like, yeah, I'll take Portland. But you have CJ, you have Dame, you have, you know, some other pieces out there that's younger. It's just them two. Do you kind of go the old school way? Like, you know what? Let James do what he's gonna do. Just make sure nobody else does what they do. Is that a good strategy to go against Houston? I don't, I don't think, think so. so. Okay. That's right. not against that against okay. Houston. Okay. With Paul and Gordon yeah. out on the perimeter. Yeah. You don't want the hard to go for yeah. Yeah. Jumping yeah. around in yeah. the middle. That's not gonna work. Okay. That's all not right. gonna work. So 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 based on you all's thoughts, if Houston beats Golden State, Houston is going to the NBA Finals. They're the favorite. Yeah. They're I, the favorite. I agree with you. I think it's way more yeah, open. It's not a done deal. Okay. Okay. But if you're telling me if I had to play some money, I will put it on Houston, Nobody's but it, I Houston. wouldn't put it on there like I'm confident yeah. to. <laughs> yeah. You know, to, get me to a casino <laughs> right now. And that's that's my only that's my only thing is is the simple fact that I'm not that confident in them. I just think everybody else is just there. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right, coming up next. Oh. <laughs> Wait a minute. All right. I said Houston and doing a thing. How you gonna look at me and say Houston? I said we're I'm, I'm going. I'm going. I'm like, okay, where we going? All right. Uh, all right. Coming up next, we're gonna talk to six seventy scores very own David Schuster. Gonna talk some Chicago Cubs and a little bit of Bulls. So you are gonna come on back, all right? D and David show. What's up, everybody? It's Cameron Smith from CBS Two Chicago. You're listening to the D and David show. D and David show recording out of six seventy score. And lucky enough, we have reporter and score host. David Schuster on with us. Longtime scribe. You can find him, and I don't want to date him, but I've been following him for a long time. <laughs> That's right. And I appreciate his work. This is I hate when people do the dating, but it's because I look at you and I'm like, I love that man right there. <laughs> so just want to put that out there. But uh, David, how you doing? Yeah, it's no problem. You know what? I, I I think I still look a little younger than my chronological age. At least that's what people tell me. So I'm going I'm going with that for right now. Yes, you there do. You go. There and you on go. top of that, you're hardworking as you know what. When me and D were doing score overnights mm-hmm. during the Christmas time, you were in here like for three days, and you made ahead like four hours of sleep. sleep. Yeah. And just to still see someone going at it like that makes you just want to rise your game up to the next level. True professional. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, they always say vampires don't sleep, so that's that's my <laughs> that's my mo. Well, David, look, we definitely have to talk about the Bulls later, and they're not as important. So let's get into the Cubbies. The Cubbies were in first right now; they're in second. Uh, one of the things that jumps out to me, even with them being in second right now, is still the problems in the bullpen. You look at the fact that Pedro Strope failed last night. I mean, yesterday in uh, Kyle Ryan. My thought, my question for you is: Can we expect outside of Carl Edwards Jr.'s return? Some type of influx. I don't know if it's via trade or if it's through the the minor league system. Something to kind of ramp up this bullpen to get it up to where the hitting is going right now. Yeah, well, I mean, for the most part, the bullpen, you know, the first week plus, they were obviously not good. And then they were good for about three, almost four-week stretch. And then last night, Strope just, he couldn't th- find home plate with a GPS. And then, you know, that really screwy play where they had the runner, you know, caught in the rundown, and I don't know why he threw to first base. He's called it a brain cramp, so we'll just leave it at that. You know, Joe Madden alluded to the fact that there are some changes, further changes, maybe even additions coming to the bullpen. He just wouldn't tell us tell us what it was, but he did allude to that, you know, about an hour ago in our pregame confab. Now, obviously, uh, Montgomery is coming back at some juncture. You would imagine that he would be added. 
there's also the possibility of some kind of trade going on. You know, um, they're, they're shorthanded in the bullpen from the left side, obviously. Montgomery would certainly fill the bill there, but something told me that Theo Epstein uh, might be up to something further. Like I said, you know, Joe Madden was a little, uh, I don't know what the word is, but, you know, he, he alluded to something going on and, and that might be announced in the next couple of days. So we'll just have to wait and see. When it comes to Kyle Edwards Jr., during the uh, spring training, we heard a lot of talk of him changing his delivery, and then towards the end of it we found out it was illegal. Can we place blame on anybody for wasting that amount of time with a delivery that was found out that it was illegal? Was it on the team? Was it on him to find out if the MLB was going to found, rule it that way? Well, I mean, I guess you can pass the blame around to a lot of different places. Um, I think it definitely affected him. Boy, he looked just sort of strange throwing the ball the way he did. Um, you know, Major League Baseball should have told the Cubs back all the way in spring training that that was illegal before, you know, waiting, you know, for the for the curtain to rise and then, you know, making that determination at that time and then, you know, putting him behind the eight ball, yada, yada, yada. Here's the bottom line on Carl Edwards Jr. He's just too darn good and too darn talented for him not to be effective. Yes, I know at times he gets, you know, out of control and he throws a lot of balls and all that kind of stuff. But he's got major league top-notch stuff. He can throw the ball 95 to 98 miles an hour. He's got a wicked slider. He's got a really good off-speed uh, changeup as well. You know, and if he's mentally ready, you know, to perform day in and day out, he's a huge addition. Plus, the Cubs don't really have that many power pitchers out of their bullpen, so he's really needed to be here and to be effective and. You know, if last night was any indication, it was only one inning last night, and it was in really cold weather, which is unfortunately, again, the case tonight. I mean, he was pretty decent last night. So you got to keep your fingers crossed, not only for him personally, but for the team that he continues to be effective. D and David Show on the line with us right now, right here at 670 Score, David Schuster of 670 Score. Uh, David, uh, as Ken said, they're not in first place anymore with the Cubs, but they have been hot. Run, run differential is at uh, plus 50. Your key points to the turnaround from the slow start. Oh, it's not just me. I mean, anybody who watches baseball knows it always it always boils down to starting pitching. And minus you, Darvish, it's been pretty darn good. Um, you got uh, Lester going tonight. He's had a couple of really good outings ever since coming off the DL. He, he had the one-hit shutout through seven innings in his last outing. Cole Hamels, for the most part, he wasn't that great the other night, but he still was good enough. I mean, he's been pretty darn good all season long. Kyle Hendricks was outstanding, of course, in that last outing after sort of an off outing prior to that. Um, so, you know, the Cubs starting pitching has been pretty good. You Darvish, of course, continues to be an enigma. Mm-hmm. Although Joe Madden, every, every single time, you know, he only gets four or five innings in at best. He says he threw the ball really well. So, I don't know. I think Joe Madden would find the silver lining in any dark cloud. But for the most part, in answer to your question, it's always going to be starting pitching. And for the most part, it's been pretty darn good. And it's, and it's star third baseman Chris Bryant kind of started slow, but kind of been bubbling up a little bit. I think everybody's kind of been worried about his health. Can you give us the, you know, the lowdown of Chris Bryant, him getting back to the point he's at right now? Well, certainly he's healthy. I mean, he says he is, and you know, who am I to say that he's not? I don't play a doctor on radio or anywhere else. But he says he says he's healthy, so I'll leave that alone. Um, he says he's had no repercussions in his shoulder this season. Yes, it was a slow start. He had the grand slam, obviously, the other night. Mm-hmm. He had a long home run again last night. He's starting to come around. He, you know, he's no different than any other player. I don't care what kind of success anybody has had in the past. And let's face it. 
he was, you know, college player of the year or whatever it was. You know, he was a high draft pick at number two or three. Um, you know, he was rookie of the year. Then he was MVP. You know, but he had a, an off season last year, and he was injured with that shoulder. So I think his confidence definitely took a hit. He also got a pitch to the face. Not once, but even you know earlier this season, he mm. took another one that was yeah. way upstairs around his facial area. So you know he's not immune to maybe a bout of sometimes self doubt. But as soon as he hits the ball out of the ballpark like he did the other night and again last night, I think his confidence will kick back in. And as soon as the weather, hopefully one of these years, gets warmer on a consistent basis, I think you'll see Chris Bryant at his best. So I'm not really worried about Chris Bryant. David, real quick, sticking with Chris Bryant, I was reading earlier today about him uh, citing Joe Madden, watching some old film and noticing mm-hmm. that he was a quieter hitter. Do you think that some of the, his, his, his earlier uh, problems this season were compounded where the fact that a lot of players players that were hitting free agency, well, before they were hitting free agency, that our players of his standard were getting big-time contracts, and with the injury and not starting off the season as hot, it could have been in the back of his mind? I suppose it's possible. You know what? I could ask that question to him a hundred times. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'd get the same answer more than you know, once or twice on it. You know, what he'll basically say is, no, it has nothing to do with anything, but you just never know. Those are, those are questions that are good questions, obviously, but I don't know if, if athletes are ever honest mm. about that one, that they're thinking about money. They'll always say that they're not, but I'm not so sure that's the truth. Listen, um, a couple of guys obviously made a lot of money um, going free agency. Machado got a lot of money. Harper got a lot of money. But a couple of guys got a lot of money without going to free agency, Paul Goldschmidt being one. And the other one, of course, being Arenado. Now, if I'm a ball player, and I'll never be because I only hit 240, 250 in high school, but you know, if I was a ball player and someone offered me the money now as opposed to waiting to free agency, I mean, Arenado is, is set for not only his life, but about 10 other lives. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he doesn't have to worry about free agency, and he got a ton of money. If I'm Chris Bryant and the Cubs did come to him or will come to him, I'm taking that money and running right now. I mean, the government's going to get the extra money anyway. So what's the point <laughs> right. of waiting? Dan Davis on the line right now. David Schuster, follow him at Shoe Mouse. David, uh, earlier we were talking. I was talking to you about the fact that Chris Bryant was talking about Joe Madden assisted him, and and during uh, spring training, Joe Madden was taking more of a role in hitting drills. Is he continuing to do that? And what's the big difference now as far as Anthony Iaposi and Chili Davis? Because you hear a lot of talk as far as is it really the hitting coach? Most of these guys have been doing their own thing for a long time, and it's kind of blown up, and you place the blame on the hitting coach. But has there been a real big difference with Joe stepping in? more Anthony Iaposi taking over the hitting coach role. Yeah, I think it has, to be honest with you. In fact, you know, our, our pregame confab with Joe Madden was delayed 15, 20 minutes because he was out working with some of the players on the field. You know, that is the major difference. He is more hands-on this season. As far as, you know, the different hitting coach, and there's been three and three years here, I guess Chili Davis just didn't hit it off with some of the players. Yeah. They, they didn't really come right out, you know, and, and badmouth him, but the implication was, or the inference, was that they just, for whether it was for you know X and O's or maybe personality, it just didn't work with him. So yeah, I mean the Cubs to this juncture, again in cold weather no less, they're certainly more productive than they were last season. So you'd have to say it's been a positive overall. And Joe Madden certainly adds to that. He was really hands-on in spring training when I was out there, for the, at least for the time I was, and then you know even after that. 
and then also um, so far during the regular season. Like I said, he's been out there working with them. Last season, he, he did not work with them. And I can tell you that's one of the major differences, that he's behind the cage. He's, he's looking at videos with a lot of these players. You mentioned Chris Bryant, and there are others as well. So, yeah, he's definitely more hands-on this season. David, let me ask you this. With the turnaround that the Cubs have had, and even Joe Madden said that he didn't expect for them to do this turnaround as fastly as they did. He expected to be one game a week, and that was doubled. Could there be pressure applied to the front office to bring him back? And or if, if there doesn't need to be pressure, does the front office still have a door open to where they think, you know what, we can do this again? Or is it basically a fait accompli? One, they can save money. And two, listening here to score early in the, uh, to the morning to Bernstein McKnight. How important are managers in the MLB anymore anyway? You know, it's funny that you mentioned that because we were just talking about that ourselves, um, you know, earlier at the station and then here at the ballpark. I don't understand why they just haven't given him a contract extension. You know, David Hall obviously wrote the article in the Tribune. Why is this guy the most, uh, the, the manager with the most success or coach in town, the one with the least amount of security at the moment? I mean, Jim Boylan gets a contract extension. Uh, Jeremy Colleton, you know, is set for the next two or three years. Um, Matt Nagy, well-deserving, is, is certainly set for a while. Mm-hmm. And then even on the other side of town, Rick Renteria got a, a year added to his deal last uh, before last year. So all these guys who have not won anything, in essence, have more security than Joe Madden. Joe Madden has averaged 90, 95 wins a season for the last three, four years. You know, he has a World Series championship, yada, yada, yada. And I know the argument nowadays is, well, you don't have to spend 6 to 8 to $10 million for a manager. You can get a guy on the cheap. Well, you know what? It's not, I don't know why everybody keeps talking about the Cubs hurting for money. I don't see it personally. But then again, I'm not their bean counter, so I don't know that for fact. I don't understand why Joe Madden has not at least gotten a two-year extension at this juncture. He's not going to break the bank no matter what. So I can't answer why it hasn't happened. And we even asked him a couple of times today on the air and even off the air. He says, look, I'm not worried about it. Uh, You know, it probably won't happen any time in the near future. But something tells me in the long run, they'll be fools to let this guy go. That's my opinion. I'm with you. Yeah, they're not playing the potato sacks off there to, uh, on the north side, so they have money. Uh, David Schuster right here from 6 Table Scores on with us right now, D and David Show. Um, one guy that's down in the minor leagues that's kind of bubbling up and possibly don't know if he's going to be able to be on the big squad, and that's Addison Russell. Now, I know a lot of people obviously know about uh, his shortcomings and his domestic violence. Uh, you they, said bubbling up. <laughs> well, this is the reason why I'm saying it's bubbling up, because the team is doing so well right now. He's obviously a major league player, but Bodie's playing great, and you don't want to move Javi. Mm-hmm. So, David, what do they do with Addison Russell? They just let it ride for right now. If they don't need him, they just keep him down there. I mean, it's not a punishment. It's just the fact that, like you just mentioned, they don't need him right now. Daniel Descalzo has filled in at times also at second yeah. base. Now, he actually got hurt the other day, but, you know, he's, he's recovered very quickly and he's available for pinch hitting duty, although he's not going to be penciled in as a starter for the next couple of days at least. So I thought, you know, if he were to go on the DL, that would certainly hasten Addison Russell coming back, but that doesn't appear to be the case. You never know. I mean, injuries could happen at any time. It's, it's almost like right now Addison Russell, Russell is an insurance policy in case somebody gets injured or somebody goes, you know, into a real funk or slump. But right now you just leave him where he is and, and let him play baseball down there. Again, it's not a punishment. It's just the fact that they have a surplus of guys, but eventually he's going to have to come up here. You know, if for no other reason, 
Javier Baez, who definitely will not move from shortstop. You can't play him 162. He'll burn out. He's too valuable. And God forbid, if he ever goes down with an injury, you have nobody else to play shortstop on this roster. So ultimately, Edison Russell will be up here. It's just a matter of when. So once, so now is basically a, a utility guy, at least for the Chicago Cubs. Yeah, utility guy, or if he's the best second baseman, he would play second base. But yeah. you, you mentioned Bodie. You mentioned Descalzo. Uh, uh, Zobras can play second base in a pinch as well. True, so. True. They, they just don't need him right now. But ultimately, if he comes up here and he's hitting and he's the best guy, he'll play second base. It's just that simple. Listen, us being Southsiders, there's a guy on the north side that was near and dear to our hearts. And I don't, I'm don't. i too old to have animosity towards the Cubs. I actually want Jose Quintana to succeed. What has he said ha- has been a contributing factor to how he's t- finally turning around up there at Wrigley? Uh, what, is, it, is it pressure? I mean, coming from the south side, he was playing on the team, even though he didn't get run support, but he was playing on a team that was that was bad. Mm-hmm. And he went to a basically a contender for these this first year, two, two and a half years with the Cubs. What's contributed to his turnaround, David? You're talking about Jose Quintana. I didn't hear you initially. Yeah, Jose correct? Quintana. Yeah, I mean, Jose Quintana is just a good pitcher. I mean, it's just, that's just a fact. He was a good pitcher with the White Sox. He never had off- offensive support. I mean, how many times did we talk about, oh, Quintana pitched seven innings, he gave up one run, but he left, you know, the, you know, left the game losing two to one or something like that, or one to nothing, whatever it was. And he just never have off- had offensive support. Now, when he first came over here, he wasn't pitching at his, you know, zenith, if you will, and people were all over him because the Cubs gave up a couple of prospects. Right now, as of today, the Cubs have gotten the better of the trade only because Quintana is in their rotation and pitching very well. Now, down the road, it, it might tilt back towards the White Sox. I mean, Jimenez sure looks like a stud in the making, but so far that hasn't happened. And Dylan Cease is still in the minors. So for right now, like I said, it's in favor of the Cubs, but that can change over the next year, two or three. Quintana's just a good pitcher. That's just all there is to it. He's an innings eater. He was in the American League. He's doing it again here now this season. You know, he, he probably had some changes in his delivery or something else. Again, I'm not a good enough baseball player to tell you that what he's done exactly. All I know is that he's pitching up to what he should be pitching, his potential. And right now it's, it's a good thing because he's – we talked about the starting pitchers before. He's certainly front and center of what's going on with the Cubs in their rotation. All right, before D jumps into the Bulls, I have to ask you a White Sox question. Sure. Is the sun setting on one of our favorite coaches, and that's Don Cooper? And it can't just be all on Coop because a lot of these guys are coming through the, through the system. But in the past, the Sox, they didn't have in, uh, pitchers getting injured at this this type of pace. When you look at the fact that uh, Dunning, Kopech, and perhaps even uh, Rodon are going to be out by Tommy John. Yeah. What's Is this just bad luck, or is there something that the Sox haven't caught up to in, in the MLB today? Well, a lot of it is unfortunately bad luck. I mean, I don't, you know, I'm not going to put it on Don Cooper. You know, injuries to a pitcher is certainly not on the pitching coach. I, I, you know, and they have one of the best training staffs in all of baseball, obviously. So I don't know. A lot of bad luck. You know, it's not only the guys at the major league roster. They've lost a lot of guys at the minor leagues. Mm-hmm. Also, Jake Berger's been injured. Zach Birdie's been injured. These are two guys, you know, that were high, high draft picks that probably were slated to be on the major league roster, both of them at this point, and neither one is, obviously. Um, I, I can't answer that. It's just really bad luck, and it's really unfortunate because the White Sox, you got to give Rick Renteria a lot of credit and also feel sorry for him at the same time. I mean, they're still 
keeping their heads above water, um, at least this season. What are they, like two games under? And they're already winning tonight's game uh, as well. Mm-hmm. With so many injuries, and that pitching staff is just decimated. And ultimately, I, I, I fear for them because I think they're going to lose a lot of games because of that pitching staff. But it's just been a lot of bad luck. I mean, it hasn't been announced yet, but it sure doesn't look good for Rodon. He's going to have, if, if he does, he'll have Tommy John surgery. Dylan Cease has had Tommy John surgery. Um, Michael Kopech has had Tommy John surgery. Uh, Dane Dunning, you know, has, has, Dunning rather has had, you know, arm problems. It's just really awful bad luck, and I feel bad for some uh, people in the White Sox organization. D and Davis show recording right here at six seventy. The score on the line with us six seventy scores very own David Schuster. Make sure you, make sure you follow David on Twitter at Shoe Mouse. Uh, look, talk for the Bulls. Um, biggest story right now, obviously, is boiling an extension. Uh, I'd like to get your thoughts on that. And as far as free agency, now no one thinks that they're going to be in the market to get a Kevin Durant, a Kyrie Irving, anything like that. But just the move of resigning. Uh, boiling to an extension. What do? You, how do you think that kind of that 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 energy, if you want to say, just goes out to free agents and free agents, and they look at the Bulls like, okay, you're going to extend this guy. <laughs> well, I've always been of the belief that money talks. <laughs> all there is to it. Okay. And you know, if the Bulls offer more money to a free agent, and, and let's face it, you know, they can say what they want, but it, it, a lot of times that's what it boils down to. If they offer the most money to a certain guy. They're going to get them. Now, I know they've had a long track record of not getting that number one guy that they've been going after, but uh, and they're not going after the top-notch guys this year, to mm-hmm. be honest with you. They'll have $20 million to spend if they want to spend it. You know, they might break that down into a couple of players, or you know, uh, that's likely what they'll probably do, a couple of veteran free agents. Um, I think you have to wait and see what happens for free agency before, uh, after you see what happens in the draft. Let's just say the Bulls get incredibly lucky again and get, a, let's say, a Zion Williamson. You know, much like a lot of players ultimately wanted to play with LeBron James, it might not happen right off the bat, but I think in due time, I think uh, Zion Williamson will have that Pied Piper effect, and I think he will be able to help you garner some free agents. Maybe John Morant does the same thing if they're lucky enough to get him. So I think the, the, uh, the draft will come first. And after the draft, we'll see what kind of money the Bulls want to spend at what position. If they get John Morant, maybe they're looking for a veteran free agent guard to be a backup or at least initially a starter and then ultimately a backup to help the kids' uh, maturation process. If they get Zion Williamson, who the heck knows what they'll do with their money after that. Um, If they don't get either one of those two, well, then forget it. They won't be in the playoffs. (laughs) (laughs) Schuster with the elbow off the top. So, wait a minute, Schuster, let me ask you this then. So, uh, on your your list of free agents that you – who's on your list, if you want to say, a free agent that the Bulls should go after? Not top guys, actually, but some veterans that can come in and help the team. Wait, let me propose it this way real quick. Okay. If they can get John Morant, who would be the point guard that would be the backup point guard? Okay. Or if, if let's just say they can't get them and the point guard will be a starter, who would be your preferable point guard that they would sign? Um, well, there's some there's some possibilities. I mean, Ricky Rubio's name, um, name is mentioned. Derek Rose's name is even mentioned. I don't think Derek is a starter. I'll agree with a lot of people who have said the same thing. I don't think Derek Rose is a starter anymore, mm-hmm. but I'll tell you what, he's a darn valuable, only if he's healthy. And even last season he had his share of injuries. Mm-hmm. But when he's healthy now, he can still score 18 to 20 points off the bench. Nothing wrong with that. He can play 25, 30 minutes even in that capacity. 
So, you know, Rose is a possibility. I don't know if the Bulls want to go down that road. I have no idea what, how they would view that from a marketing PR standpoint. But there are other guys. I mean, Collison is, is mentioned. Uh, we mentioned Ricky Rubio, uh, Patrick Beverly also with the yeah. Clippers. You know, th- these are all possibilities. But, again, I don't think the Bulls will think about free agency until they see ultimately what happens in the draft and who they're going to get there first. That's my guess. And one real quick, NBA playoffs. Uh, what are your thoughts on it? Uh, any, you know, you got the, the Warriors and Rockets are now tied up. Milwaukee looks like they could possibly just go ahead and knock out uh, Boston. Yeah, I think, you know, Milwaukee's on the verge of doing that. I mean, it's impressive winning those two games, it, you know, in Boston. I mean, Boston had, you know, a, a mediocre, even though they won, what did they win? 48 or 50 games, whatever it was in the regular season, they were still mediocre. They were supposed to run away and hide in the East this year, and they didn't. Then they had a good first round, but, you know, and they, and they won the first game against, against Milwaukee, but the Greek freak has showed you ever since then why he definitely is the MVP of the league this season. He's just been incredible. Yeah. He's so much fun to watch. So Milwaukee will win that series. Toronto and Philly is a really good series. They go back and forth. You know, I picked Philly to be in the Eastern Conference Finals. I think ultimately, as long as Embiid is healthy, I think they still will win that series. But, you know, he's had a lot of problems with his knee and respiratory problems as well. So, I don't know, that series can go either way. The Golden State-Houston series is really good, obviously. They both help serve on their home courts. I think Golden State will will hang on and win that series. The Portland-Denver series has been great basketball. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Really great basketball. Two well-coached teams. You've got to give those coaches for both those teams a, a ton of credit, both of them. Um, and they've overcome injuries as well. But I think when it's all said and done, you always got to look in the NBA at your star players. I think this will be the last year that Golden State wins it because I think they're going to lose Durant, and then uh, I think they'll start sliding a little bit. But I still have Golden State ultimately winning the whole thing. All right, David, thank you so much for hopping on with us and giving some of your time. And uh, got to do this again sometime soon. We definitely appreciate it. All right, hey, guys, I appreciate it as well. Thank you. Thank you. That was David Schuster, reporter, talk show host here at 670 Score. We're recording. Make sure you follow David on Twitter at Mouse. All right, great basketball talk with Schuster. But you know what? We're going to keep this basketball talk going right here. Dean Davis Show. Hey, this is Rich Campbell from the Chicago Tribune, and you're listening to the Dean Davis Show. D and David Show, we want to thank David Schuster, and we're going to get right back into the basketball. I got a couple of issues. Um, I What's your s- issues? I said this. First of all, you you had Milwaukee beating uh, Boston. Yes. I didn't. Clearly, you're right. Um, I, I said then, though, that if Kyrie kept the same energy and quickly— if he even kept just seventy five percent of the damn energy and the the, the kumbaya type of effect, you saying the good place. energy? Yeah, just yeah, look. Kyrie can play. What did Kyrie say two months ago? Man, I can't wait for the playoffs. This regular season is whatever, whatever, whatever. whatever. Mm-hmm. You got into the playoffs. Everything was going well. Then then you get smacked and you have to pick yourself back up and you revert back to that BS that you were doing during the season. And if it well, real, real quick. I'm going to cut you off. But if you have been living up on a rock, Milwaukee now leads that series 3-1. And just and Milwaukee won last night 113-101. And again, Brad Stevens is getting a huge pass. A huge pass in this scenario. Because the beginning of the season, inserting a Hayward in there too early. Hayward still isn't right right now. He's had some games where he kind of came back, but he still isn't right. You look at Milwaukee just blowing by his ass. And he's still out there. But getting back to Kyrie. Go, Kyrie. Go to New York or wherever the hell you want to go. Oh, he already got that. He already got that uh, going on You've basically ruined Danny Ainge's plan 
right? Like now, Boston's in a scenario where how they can't get Anthony Davis because he's not going to resign. It doesn't make sense. And now Danny Ainge has to go back to, to drafting with all the picks that he still had left. Well, that's a good luxury to have. I'm not dissing it. Yeah. But still, when you, you, you have this scenario where you're on a team like this, and again, sometimes people bump heads, but you know what? The grass isn't always greener on the other side. You thought it was with Cleveland going to Boston. You're going to think it is where if it's Boston going to New York or out west or wherever he's going to go. And you said you want to have your own team. You got your own team. It's loaded. And you know what you did? You've blown it. And you, you've talked all that mess about LeBron. I call LeBron talking about I'm sorry. I was a knucklehead. Dude, you're still the knucklehead on that team. Even with those kids there be, having having issues with growing, yeah, because they want to start. They had a group too. Uh, Jalen Brown and Tatum had good years last year, and they want to still show out. Rozier. Terry Rozier's trying to get paid when he was taking your job last year while you were out. And you came in, and you've dest- I won't say you destroyed the season, but you've hamstrung it with your play. And I think you're a fantastic player. But it, it's just like, what the hell? So well, maybe it's more so just a simple fact of he's not the number one dude. We cl- we, I think we knew. I mean, we, he has the talents of a number one dude. But he doesn't have the leadership qualities of a number one dude. How many point guards? And you're right. I'm not even taking that away. Yeah. How many point guards are number one dudes? Like that's part of the issue in the first place. I mean, well, when a point when a guy that's six one talks about I'm gonna be the main guy and this and be like who's done it? Yeah, and that's a maybe preface. Steph. That's it. But he really, in all fairness, he's the engine that keeps maybe, it going. But KD but is the best. Is the best player. Even if we get to before KD was there. Andre Iguodala won that champion, won that MVP, Finals MVP for a reason. Because yeah, Steph in the playoffs, he, it's like a roller coaster oh, ride, yeah, it is, and it's it is. very rare as it sustains. Who was high. that defender on him that was getting all the pub? That uh, something of itch. Remember, he was. Oh, you talking about uh, Deladova? Yeah, Deladova. Oh, Deladova. Getting all oh, this. Yeah. Deladova still doesn't have to pay Kirk. for drinks in Cleveland because of that. True. So, I mean, so even, but even with your point, yeah, he's the engine, and Steph's attitude allows them to flourish because he's unselfish. He's very unselfish. He like let's all party and get down with this. That's how you yeah. bring KD into it, and KD, KD is the fixer for when they have those problems in the playoffs that we've seen. We've seen it in Houston. Listen, they don't oh, have KD. Yeah. They gone. Oh, oh, right? yeah. like, oh they, yeah. If you're watching KD play now, it is like when I watch. Watch KD play now, it infuriates me because it's like, KD, the only reason we were mad at you is because you're super great. Like, if you were, sh- like, really good, we'd be like, whatever, you went there. But you being the second best player, arguably the first best player, depending on how you look at it, for you to go with them and for them to take you, it's like, what are y'all doing? But that shows the whole thing when you talk about leadership and knowing your role on a team. KD isn't that. He wasn't that at in, go- in OKC. He goes to a team like a Golden State. He fits in perfectly. Now, I, I understand why people's like, okay, you're the greatest player on, in the game right now. Why are you going to them? But he he fits a role. You look at Kyrie. Bring it back to Kyrie. He doesn't fit the role. Now, layman terms, we look at basketball, even you want to say back in the day, the point guard the point guard was the leader of the team. Now, obviously, that's but changed. wasn't the number one. Wasn't number two, but he was the leader. He less because of his position, would get everybody going. That kind of made him the floor general, if you want to say. He has those qualities. It's just the leadership. And then to come out and say, oh, man, I should have took 30 shots instead of 22 shots. Well, if you're saying that that's eight more shots that you took, and that's eight less shots for the rest of your players, the rest of your teammates, that you probably should have been trying to get them to going. Like, but but they're going against the number one team in the, in the NBA playoffs overall. They're just getting their asses kicked. That's what it is, too. The only point guard that I know who was basically the best player on his team when they won a championship is Isaiah Thomas. Not even Magic? 
he was too big. I'm in in I'm, I was on position. But now. even with that, even yeah. Chauncey. No, Billups, no, 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 maybe? no. We were talking. Nah? We were talking six one. I was talking height. Oh, you're talking height. I said you height. Say, you okay? You say yes, height. I said All anybody right. at that height can, it cannot be your best. Basically, cannot so be a your small, best player. A small player. It's too. Listen, if Derrick Rose was six six and still hurt, he'd be he'd have made a, like one All Star team by now, perhaps. <laughs> All right, because look, vert, his verticality wouldn't have been even though he he could fly. Imagine at six six, how he jump at six yeah. two and a half. But still, if he was that big and lost some of his his agility, he still would be big and difficult to handle. It's right. just it's yeah. physics, yeah. basically. But the point of Isaiah Thomas, Isaiah Thomas, if you think about, got the first uh, Finals MVP for for Detroit and they're, they're back to back. The second one, Joe Dumars got it. Yeah, Isaiah Thomas in the eighties, the early eighties, mid eighties, was a scoring demon for that team. And when they got to where they were good enough to win, he knew he had to take a step back to let other people rock. Joe Vinny, that, exactly. Yeah. That's the problem with uh, beer. with Kyrie. Kyrie, you can still be the best player on the team, but you also have to know, due to your physics, you got to get other people rocking to get. You can close this out, but you need other people. Rocking to get this going, just like with uh, with Cleveland, and of course LeBron wasn't just hanging on, but LeBron at the time wasn't quote unquote clutch. He had Kyrie to knock down the shots right then. That that's the role that you need to play, but you you can't play Rucker Ball twenty four seven. Kyrie is twenty seven years old. Um, this is is what. Mm, Sixth year in the league, oh, six no, or seven years. It's got to be like eighth, eighth or ninth. Eighth or ninth. Eighth or ninth? Really? Yeah, he, okay, got, he had to come in at he nineteen. Was he was one and done. Drafted. Yeah. Let me see if I can bring bring him up. He came in at nineteen. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Oh yeah. No, you're right. You're right. Yeah, he was nineteen. Yeah, he was a one one and done. He played eleven games at Duke. Um, I don't know if it's maturation of. Just, you know. No, this is Kyrie. This is just Kyrie? This is Kyrie. Do you guys think it would work? This is eighth season, yes. If it's Kevin Durant and Kyrie in New yeah. York, or yeah. does Kyrie need to go somewhere else? What's work? What's, what define work? Legitimate championship contender. No. No, it won't. See, I don't believe in the organization of the New York Knicks. Me neither. So that's that's the downfall that's of there. I don't, I don't believe in organization. It's kind of like how, how a lot of people say, like, man, I hope they don't get drafted to Chicago. Because they don't believe in the organization. They don't believe in the front office. The two talent, yes, they're there, but I would almost kind of feel like that'd be kind of like OKC somewhere else because you have you have Westbrook. Why would he leave OKC? He had Westbrook. Why better. would he join up with it'd Kyrie be, though? It'd be better than OKC. One, they'll be in the East. I'll say this. I, I like Russ is a better player than Kyrie. That's I'm not. Favorite. I'm not arguing that. I'm yeah. just still. But Russ' skill set goes with Kevin Durant better. I think. Yeah, but he doesn't use because it. one he but he's a better shooter. Like for instance, that's yeah, 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 that's, that's yeah, one of the main yeah, things yeah. with Russ. Why it's like this ain't gonna work, bro. Yeah, right. Like in this NBA, you and you're jacking these shots and you suck. It's not gonna work. But the, I think the problem with uh, Kevin Durant and Kyrie, if they were to team up in New York. The issue would be how the system flows. You, you look at Fisdale, and he likes to he likes to go. That was his problem with Marcus Gasol when he mm-hmm. was in Memphis or whatever. Now that would benefit them. But even in a system where they're going, there will be more shots. I don't know if Kyrie's going to be willing enough when when it's time to give the ball to KD. He's going to make KD happy at first. And especially in New York. And that's another thing that talking about those two mentalities in the worst media market outside perhaps Philadelphia to not win or maintain greatness. It, that, it's hard for New York for two guys. We see KD with the burner account. We see Kyrie, Kyrie when he just basically tells everybody to get out of his face during this year. What, imagine what you're going to get on the Knicks and you two are on winning teams right now and you don't like the publicity that you get. But I still think it's the match when they're there because Kyrie still isn't the facilitator that he needs. Like, you have to basically run that offense through Kevin Durant. So is there a good fit for him somewhere then? 
Does he just stay yeah, in Boston? It's a good fit somewhere. In Los Angeles? Yeah, probably. <laughs> That's the only logical. That's what I was thinking before. No, Lakers. It would be Lakers. I mean, because think Especially about it, LeBron, if, Ty, if, Ty, if Ty Lue gets that job, which yeah. is probably seems going to happen. Oh, and LeBron, think about it. LeBron's going to be more willing now to Cleveland let him rock. West. Yeah, he's going to be willing yeah. now. Here, Kyrie, go and do your thing. Because I can I'm see, tired. He can see the end of the, he can see the end of the tunnel. I got this young lion next to me, he's 27 years old, who also is like the mini version, not saying winning-wise or skill-wise per se, but wants to be like the mini version of Kobe Bryant. He's like his mentor. I guess that— I, yeah, okay, all right. I answer my question. Maybe you would be Los Angeles. Maybe he needs a bounce back because it looks like the Celtics are going to get farther without him than with him. Man, bump Kyrie. Yeah, Kyrie that's ruined this NBA season. Have you ever had a shooting stretch like this? I think it's now at this point uh, 19 for 62. Yeah, who cares? Who cares? I'm a, I'm a basketball player. Um, you know, prepare the right way. Uh, like I said, you know, they're doing things to test you. And, uh, you know, the expectations on me are going to be sky high. You know, for me, the 22 shots, you know, I should have shot 30. You know, it, it really not great of a shooter. So I, I think that just the consistency of just going at it, staying aggressive is always going to put us in a great position. You just brought up uh, Kobe Bryant and uh, Kyrie. Yeah. But uh, on uh, first take, Max Kellerman got into a debate about Kawhi's better under pressure than Kobe Bryant. Under pressure? Jay Williams walked off the set and Stephen A. Smith, who I, I believe Stephen A. Smith was in Houston, uh, following the playoffs, basically was like, I, I got it. I have nothing. <laughs> yeah, he said. Well, that. Max usually always try to bring a soliloquy behind his thoughts. So, what did Max say? Is Kawhi actually a better player under pressure than the great Kobe Bean Bryant? Yes, he is. Kobe, no one had more heart than Kobe. Like Kobe's not scared of anything. But because Kobe was the best bad shot maker who ever lived, he would take a lot of bad shots under pressure because he knew he could make them. But just look at how often he made them compared to what Kawhi is doing. Kawhi takes higher percentage shots and makes them more often under pressure than Kobe Bryant did. I'm not making it up. When you try to deride the statistics, I know you're both going to just assert that I'm wrong. But when you say, oh, just can't look at the numbers, you understand statistics are records of events. When they say in late and close games, Kobe Bryant shot inefficiently, his team got less efficient. Those numbers are records of events that occurred. We could go back and watch the video and you will see they all occurred. Kawhi Leonard, under pressure, ain't missing. He's already been a finals MVP, and that was before he was in his prime. Kawhi Leonard is also playing defense under pressure. Like, Kawhi is one of the greatest. He's in the conversation for greatest defensive player who ever lived. You don't even really think about his offense, except right now, he's shooting 60% from the field in the playoffs. A, a former finals MVP before he entered his prime is shooting 60 in the playoffs. Be best offensive player, including KD, who's also in his prime, but Kawhi is not playing with Steph and Clay. So, under pressure, yes, Kawhi is better than Kobe was. I think that's ridiculous. Um, it's hard to get into why because I, I'm trying to explain. I'm trying to I'm trying to be respectful. Okay. He just stated that under pressure, he thinks Kyrie, I mean, Kawhi is a better player. Is which, he looking at numbers? He's looking at really, this is recency bias. He's looking at what's yeah. taking place this season. I mean, listen. Game that. four, probably specifically. Man. 
The, the kid is great. Listen, I'm hey, not, listen, the kid is great. Yeah, yeah, he's great. He's great. Listen, first of all, even if you're saying that, and he's saying under pressure, so I can't use endurance uh, compared to how I know Kobe's going to be there tonight and it may be low, low management for Kawhi. Look, I get what he's saying, and I won't say that Kawhi is it's a schism between Ka- Kawhi and Kobe, but, dude, you're talking about the Mamba. Probably, like, it, it, <laughs> I'm just with a top five score ever in the NBA. Right, and he was also a perimeter shooter. It's not like he wasn't. I'm sure his uh, percentage isn't comparable to what Kawhi has been like the last two healthy years that Kawhi mm-hmm. has been taking the three. But of course, we go back to when he first got to the Spurs. He wasn't taking Jack, and he wasn't hitting it like mm-hmm. that. But I still think it's preposterous for Max to throw the mom under the bus like that. Listen, I mean, Kobe Bryant is legit the second greatest uh, shooting guard of all time. Of all time. It's still we still a little ways away for Kawhi, for uh, uh, Kawhi. Kawhi. I'm sorry, Kawhi to uh, I'm thinking of Kyrie. Kawhi to even be mentioned in that. There were similarities to that game. Like, they're, they're, oh, there's definitely yeah. similarities to similar, the game. They're, they're, yeah. there's a resemblance to Kobe's. Like that's when I, I was watching something. Um, I forgot who Kobe's it was. more fluid. Yeah, though. So it, it was totally. it the ESPN yeah. the detail. Yeah. Well, no, Kobe? I wasn't watching that. I was watching the game, and or I was watching Jay Williams. I was watching Jay Williams on Get Up, and he was saying that Kawhi's an upgrade over Scottie Pippen. I was like, nah, nah not defensively. He, he no, shoot, but he's going off of the defense. I think initially when he's saying that he's he missed, but like with that, with how he shoots jumpers, I'm like, you went to the Kobe Bryant. Michael Jordan school of taking that J from way back in the day. Kawhi's game, even though it isn't sexy, is cold blooded. Yeah, yeah, it definitely is. I love his game. I, listen, he can do it everywhere. Oh, that's what's so great about him. So, they were so, so right so on that broadcast. They're saying like how smooth he is. That it's like yeah. he's moving in slow motion and yeah. no one can do anything. He just knows I'm planting it here and I lift up. Boom. Yeah. That's that pop. That's that pop. Yeah, it, San Antonio in general. But yeah. it's also San Antonio. Kawhi. Yeah. By yeah, the way, Kawhi, the game. So, yeah. this Kellerman argument. It, does it count, or is this nitpicking that Kawhi missed a free throw that cost his team a championship versus mm. Kobe who didn't do anything like that? Well, he missed the air balls in Utah. He was actually, that was really young Kobe, though. Oh, yeah, but that made him great. It sure did. Because a funny thing about that, I remember that happened. I was like, oh, he made Nick Anderson this. Right, like this may not work. Did he take three threes or I two threes? I don't remember. I was like, oh, this is John Starks all Airball. over. And Kobe came back the next year like, I'm about to show you MF. It was like, oh, you are a great young man. You yeah. are definitely great. Was that his second or third year? Third. Second? Se- the second year he, had, he was shooting an air ball. Jackson was there to his second year? I thought him and— uh, No, no, no. Jackson, Phil Jackson wasn't even there when he shooting the no, air ball. No, that's what I'm saying. I thought he had— yeah. that was second. You sure? All right. Our social manager, our social media manager, <laughs> Dedrick, in here. I'm going to look this up. <laughs> but no, I, I listen. That show is made for hot takes. It's called First Take for Hot Takes. He's replacing uh, a guy that invented the hot take. <laughs> that's that's a that's a wild one. That's a wild one. Now, like I said before, Max Max is a student in the game, but Max also likes to use numbers. So I don't know if he's looking at the percentage of this or that. You know, it, thirty seconds or less in this at the elbow. He's taking a shot. You know, I don't know if he was doing all that. Uh, but listen, Kawhi is he's a bad man, I, and this is another guy too. Where is he going to go? I'm a big proponent. I love Toronto. Yeah, I'd love to see him stay in Toronto. I, I'm a, I'm just love. The I just city. want to keep I this balance. City. Look at what we have. Yes. We have East and West balance for what, even though the West team is going to win likely in Golden Possibly. State, but you actually have competitive series with teams that hey, that's an interesting matchup in the mm-hmm. finals. I want to see that. I don't want to see the East turn back into 
Giannis and everybody else like it was for LeBron and everybody else. It could possibly turn into that because he's the best player right I now. I don't. I mean, I know he's not staying in Toronto, so I haven't lied to myself and said that. I hope he does. I, I don't care. But first of all, why would he? You got Kyle it's Lowry. It's a beautiful city. It's the, the team. <laughs> I, yeah, the city you got Kyle Lowry as your point guard. They can you always got, move him. We've seen the games of zones. Yeah, he, he almost got traded move, too. Who go, Who's going to take him? Do they have room Yuri, to add Yuri at all? Who's take any him? type of player? You know who's got to. You know who's got to get paid soon. Pascal Siakam? Siakam. Yeah. Could he be your number two though? That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the rest of the team. You have the number two. You're you're, you're for listen. You gonna depend on Marcus Hall for the rest. You're gonna depend on Serge Ibaka, who's gonna come and go. You know, Serge be like, man, Serge be like, nah, Serge well, Ibaka. I think the strategy this year is win with Pat, uh, Siakam and Kawhi and have mm-hmm. enough with everything else. The great bench, the solid enough starters around them. But going in the future, like D was saying, couldn't they trade to get in that third player and you just get Kyle Lowry out of there? I mean, oh. he's got to be running out of his contract. Eventually. Or you just like you said before. Uh, it was a couple thirty years. It was thirty years. Yeah. So you, I mean, you have the players right now. They can elevate, and that can that can possibly just move Cal Lowry back a spot. You don't need to be that dude. What? Just run, yeah. With the amount of money that Cal Lowry's getting paid, hey man, listen, they all making money. No, what? Whoa, whoa. <laughs> no, I understand what you're saying. Okay. I understand what you're saying. You don't have that yeah. sitting on your bench like no, that. No, 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 no. And you're no, talking no, no, about no, no, also no, you're talking no, about. No. I'm not talking. Would he I'm, be cool with? No, it. I'm not talking about benching him. No, no, no. I'm not talking about benching him. I'm just talking about his role on the team. You don't have to be. You don't have to be. Kyle Lowry, you know what I'm saying? We have supplemental guys. We have guys right here. We have they stars. They don't have guys at the point guard. That can, and I don't know if Fleet's there. I'm just saying, like, to, they need a dude. I mean, for for when when you look at that team, either even if he's a, a three and D point, I mean, but you need, yeah. a, but I mean, they don't have that there. And you 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 got this guy making a lot of money. Why would Kawhi want to stay with? Him? Like, think about Kawhi out here balling. Like we out here winning today. Then he look at Kyle Lowry like this mug over here. Like, and he you said like he wants to stay there and get taxed double. Well, Kyle Lowry only has thing. one year left after this year. Thirty three yeah. mil. Crazy part. I mean, you could maybe get rid of him if one year. I'm with solid you. enough players. Oh, listen, Masai Ujiri. Yeah. Masai Ujiri is probably my favorite GM in the NBA, partially because he's black. But he, he, I mean, shout <laughs> out to blacks. Shout out ahead. to blacks. But no, for him to throw for him to throw it down like that and to make that move with Demar Derozan. Look, yeah. if he's gonna move it, if 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 Kawhi's down, cool. But I'm thinking if we know where Kawhi wants to go, you wanted to go to Los Angeles. Yeah. So why am I gonna stay here? The Clippers look in all fairness, and that team is built so well. If the Clippers get two studs and they don't lose the guys on their team right now. Man, they're making it. They're making it to the semifinals, and I want to say the Western Conference Finals next year. Like, imagine that team with look. Even, let's not even say they get two. Just imagine them this year with Kawhi on that bad. Let me yeah. look at their. their what about salary. Brooklyn? Does Brooklyn factor into the free agency world at all? Brooklyn to you guys? is a good young team. They have that supporting cast. They, they, they have do. the money. Who really rocks with D'Angelo or Russell like that? As long as he ain't trying to smuggle combo, con, contraband inside of contraband. All right. I'm more more worried about the snitching in the contraband. <laughs> Any shot Kevin Durant would go to Brooklyn no. over New York? He, you know what? With him, oh, he would go to Brooklyn over New York. Yeah, he should. I, said, I don't. I'm, let me or the Knicks. The we mean should. the Knicks. Yeah, the Knicks. Yeah, yeah he should the go Nets to the, the Nets, Nets no. over the Knicks. I think it would be interesting, and he seems a different type like that. But it's no question. I think if he's going to go to New York, he, you're going to go to the main stage. I, I, I do believe hmm. that. All right, looking at the salary for the uh, Clippers overall. Right now, this year it was uh, 118 million. Next year, 49.3. Yeah, because we got to think Patrick Beverly's a yeah. free agent. Free agent. So they have the cash, they gotta and they, say, but they got to resign Lou Williams. 
Lou Williams. But yeah, but they're not going to be bre- uh, breaking the bank. I'm not. No, I'm just saying. Yeah. They might have to with yeah, Lou, though. Yeah, like he's going to get paid more than you want to pay a six man. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, because he is more than a six man. But we're man, talking but about he's making a good role. two slots. You got to have yeah, two yeah, slots. Because that's how you would, you would either bring in uh, 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 Kawhi and say, hey, someone's coming here. This so and so's going to come here with you, too. But as you just said, though, the team is built very well. I think the Clippers and the Nets are built very well. They have the money. Maybe you just need. Kawhi, baby, you don't have to tell him, like, you know what? Yeah, I have to. Uh, yeah, we're going to get well, somebody. Can you use very well like that? For the Clippers? I'm just saying the phrase very well. That's very well. Can yeah, you say that? Very well. Use it in the sentence again? This team is built very well. I don't think so. No, what's yeah. wrong with that? What's wrong with that? This team's built very well. Yeah. How's it sound? Very like? good? Very is that good, what you're yeah. thinking? Yeah, I don't think very well works. No? Yeah. Is very I'm well not the correct? Guy. Is that correct English? Dedrian, what, what is it? You're our social media person. <laughs> Okay. Uh, what very, was it again? Very well versus very good. Which is better? Um, this team was built very well, or this team was on. built very good. When you use when you use um, good, I, and when you use well in the English language, it is quite common to confuse the word good and well. Mm-hmm. One way to understand the difference between the two words that good is an adjective, well is an adverb. The word good can modify a noun, and the word well can modify an action. So no, you can't. It's not modifying an action. Uh, very well then. Okay, so that's not correct English the way I'm using. Yes. That's okay, what so it's very saying. okay. Okay, that's what you're saying. Very good. I thought you were saying like it didn't sound. No, I was just saying <laughs> yes. Because the thing is, when it's not correct English, it doesn't say like it doesn't oh, sound right. No, I thought you was kind of say like eh, it don't sound right. Okay, all right. I yeah, you. I, I got that. You. I no, 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 I got you. I was thinking some another way. Okay. Um. All right. This, the, the Clippers and the Nets are built are built very good. <laughs> so, so there we go. Um, <laughs> but no, maybe you don't have to say, "Hey, Kawhi, we're going to get you and another guy." It's just you. It's just you. The Clippers made it to the first round. Obviously, oh, they, they get another guy. It may not be KD, but they uh, got two slots. They got two slots. They got two slots. But we already just mentioned they got to resign Lou. Do you bring back a Patrick Beverly? I don't know. Probably, probably. No, I would like. I don't know. Unless this only thing. Unless the due to the fact they can't get a a perimeter player that a, a per, a, that's a larger perimeter player uh, to the wing player rather to come. You may have to look at um, uh, Kimba. Or mm. so that way I can mm. see Patrick Beverly not being there. But I think clearly if you get two wing players to come. You keep Patrick Beverly because it's kind of what we're just saying with Toronto. All I need is a defensive guy that can knock down a shot. Yeah. Like, that's like, because I got perimeter players that's going to have the ball all the damn time. But what time. if the Bulls come in with Patrick Beverly and give him starter money? No, they But see, not. you know, the only thing I, um, I would think about that. this too Patrick Beverly that. is from Chicago and he knows the Bulls. Right, I mean, as far as he knows what's the, the machinations of the Bulls, mm-hmm. and he's close to actually winning the title. And, well, also, he's in LA and he's close. To, closer to winning a title, let alone if they bring in premium free agents. Why would he come here if they want to keep him? Hey, Shooter just said money talk, right? Except when the Bulls got it. Yeah. Because I mean, I agree on. with you. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's man. why I asked if, them. If, if, listen, if the Knicks got 80, no, 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 I won't use the Knicks. If the Clippers got 80 mil and the Bulls got 80 mil, guess where they going? Clippers. LA. <laughs> but what if the Bulls have 80 million and the Clippers have 60 mil? That's the question. Clippers, Clippers are going. Jerry West is going to look at Lawrence Frank, and be like, "Get rid of him, him, and him, and get that." Let's do just like he did with Shaq when the to Orlando come yeah. in. Make sure that that gap, that money was right there. Eddie, no, no, Eddie Jones was still there. Now, Eddie Jones, he got no, rid of Vladi. Yeah, got rid of Vladi. George Lynch. There you go. George Lynch was um, what's his name was still on there. Yeah, they got rid of Anthony Peeler. I think Anthony Peeler was still on their team. No, he was. It was like a three. 
That's what I was like looking trades. for. I was thinking yeah, of Anthony like Pillar. Trades. I was they thinking of Anthony Pillar. Okay. Of course, the Bulls, uh, if they brought in one of these free agents, they might not pick him up at the right terminal in the airport like Tracy McGrady. Where's Benny at? <laughs> Is the big Benny or the flipping Benny? Yeah. Hey, that weed. guy looks like Tracy McGrady. Hey. That was towards the beginning of the internet, basically. Oh, boy. Uh, look, real quick. Bad. I got to ask you guys a question. Yes. Dan Davis show at 670 to score. Yes. Um, was MB drunk the night before? Like, do you think he was sick, sick? I'm just asking. Sometimes I'd be like, was my man Does hitting that? See, he's hitting that because he 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 hit he he hit Britt Brown early in the morning. Mind you, this is nine hours before the game. Like, I don't think I can play tonight. Nine <laughs> hours before the game. Not like four hours, like, man, I'm resting. <laughs> yeah. Coach, y'all exactly. feel good. <laughs> like, like when he, I mean, when you saw him, they, they had to hook him up with IVs. We already know he's out of shape, but I was just when I saw it, I was like, this fool's out there getting drunk. Um, he doesn't come across. You think you come across kind of a dude yes. who will be out there drinking late at night? You think you that really, Mister Troll himself? Yeah. Well, you could be a troll, but not proclaiming be a, his Rihanna love moron. every other minute back whoa, whoa. of the day. Hey, listen, I, I claim that I do that too. Not on social media. No, I, my wife might see it. <laughs> <laughs> but I just say it on here because she don't listen to me. <laughs> I can't check. I can't. I can't type it, but she is. This is my moment, Rihanna. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. I never. I, yes, he is an ultimate troll. Yes, he on the court and off the court. I see him as a big party animal. Oh boy, really? I thought you were about to call him the B word. I was I like, was. damn, oh, throw no, it down, no, right? No. Throw it down, hey, big man. Son throw of it a, down, you son of a. He's the Gronk of the NBA. Mm. I don't look at him. At, maybe I'm well, missing he's something. He's much more of an agitator than Gronk. Gronk agitates by being Gronk, but yeah. and B pa- goes directly at you. No, no, yeah. no, no. But you talk, are you talking about party? Party. No. He's the, he's the Gronk of the NBA. I don't. Really? Yeah, you get, you need to follow him on social media. He's, oh, that's what I don't do then. I guess I don't know. Yeah, I don't either. I, that's why maybe I can. Trust that's the I'm process. S- <laughs> there you go, Ryan. And the Smirnoff. You think he was drunk? <laughs> and the Henny. I think it was a question. Really? If he was mixing him, Henny and Smirnoff, he was definitely See, seasick. But, wait a minute. So, <laughs> wait a minute. So I remember watching. Um, allegedly, allegedly, when they was playing against the Nets and Jared Dudley was getting into it with him, right? After the um, the post game interview on the court, he said something. Maybe this is why I don't look at him like this. He's like, "Listen, I have to be mature. I have to understand that I can't put my team in the situation that's going to affect them by me not being here. So I got to leave that alone. I can't do that." But he wasn't talking about when he's at home and in the street. What was thinking about him being he's mature? Talking about I think fighting that, Jared Dudley and getting suspended a game, but and letting a lesser think, player trick him into getting suspended. I would think going out during a playoffs and you in a playoff run, you could potentially, potentially make it to the NBA Finals. Hold up. That I would be like, I'm going to be out, I'm going to just get drunk. So I'm like, he doesn't seem, he's not the Dennis Rodman. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I can see, I can see um, Green, Draymond Green doing something like this. Draymond probably come in and smack you and be like, it wasn't me. Wait, you talking about <laughs> Where's now? Where's that porn sign? No, 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 wait, wait. <laughs> Eastern Conference Finals. Jordan versus the Knicks, right? Yeah. Jordan took his ass to Atlantic City, and that's when all that stuff blew up as far as he did. He's Michael Jordan. The point that I'm making mm-hmm. is, do you think, or back in the days, Phoenix uh, against the Bulls in the, in the finals, Jordan and, and, uh, and Charles Barkley hanging out at, at Bar- Barkley's house. You know, if you don't think alcohol is involved and they're out there kicking it like this, and then we're talking about a young dude. Matter of fact, we're talking about today yeah. where forget alcohol, what you can get in. You take two of these and call me in the morning. Like, I mean, I'm not saying this in part. This is all alleged. But I wonder, was alcohol a contributing factor? I don't know. I don't look at him like that. I don't. Yeah, I, think, I think he's just the ultimate troll. I think he's one of them. It wouldn't surprise me. He was like a straight-laced troll. That wouldn't surprise no, me. No, no, 
not. Yeah, okay. Hey, listen. Embiid is, right. is enjoying the fruit of his his spoils. As of his he labor. should. The fruit of his labor, rather. But it doesn't mean you have to drink. I think. He, well, I mean, how many people don't drink outside? Of, look, even Dedrin? De- no, Dedrin drunk this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he did tell me he had a yes, shot. I did. So that goes out the window there, huh? Yes. Dedrin- Sidney Brown. All right, Sydney will be in here about five years from now. Sydney be like, she made me do it. <laughs> <laughs> the level was too good. I had I had to take a sip. She said, take the shot. And I was like, oh, okay then. <laughs> man, one of the classic Sydney Brown line, man, we was talking about strippers, and he said the reason why he don't go to strip clubs. If you want to hear that, go to some of the old podcasts, D and Davis to Flip. It was classic. What did he say? You don't remember that? No, we're waiting. Oh, well, that was a little teasy. Go to the flip, but he was like, "Ah, cause I want up." Oh, yeah. You remember that? <laughs> yeah. Now, when you, I mean, I didn't make a mental note. Like and that was that was that was that was wild. I didn't expect that. Let one. me write this <laughs> we down. Had a, we had a, a we had a bomb go off in the back. Sydney to the strip club, cause <laughs> there may be an assault. I didn't put that in. And you said that on the show, on the podcast. The scientific term he wants coitus. You've got the mic. Anything you'd like to say? Oh, just a pause. Well, all right. There, all right. there we go. <laughs> uh, real quick update. Um, Oklahoma Oklahoma City Thunder all-star Paul George underwent rotator cup surgery. Uh, on both or just one? On one, but he probably will miss some preseason and training camp. That was obvious. Yeah, but, I mean, just look at look at just how st- stuck that team is. Oh. Like, it's like you you damn near. I mean, let, well, me, let me walk that back. Yeah, In the market, they're stuck, stuck. They're stuck, but it, the problem is this. Some people... Don't appreciate who they are. You're Oklahoma City. You're lucky Russ stayed. Right for yeah. But Russ doing like, this guy, This all can be mine? And then I can get paid the most? Cool. You're lucky Russ stayed. But if as a team and you look at Sam Presti and, and going forward, what they would want to do, definitely win a title to validate, for, to validate what they've done as an organization, they're stuck. Because you're looking at your key contributors, Russell, Paul George, Adams, and that does not spell a championship. And I don't care if Golden State is gone. That doesn't spell a championship. Unless Paul George is the supposed MVP that everyone talked about him earlier in the year. That's it's not it. sustainable, though. That's what I don't think either. It's never, And I, I love Paul George. But he, he he always is faded, if you really look at it for the most part. And it's I'm not even putting it all on him. It's I don't think... A lot of players can 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 sustain that type of play over the entire season like that. I'm going to disagree with you. I think if Golden State is gone, Denver, Portland, Houston, Utah, and Oklahoma City, you can put them. And hell, you might be able to throw San Antonio in there. You can kind of pull them in the back and see what pull mm. one out. I totally disagree. Yeah. Who, okay, because so let's all right, just all say right. the Clippers. Look, first of all, we don't know what the Clippers are. First of all, this too, we don't know what either LA team's going to do. No, we don't. And they're not going to just rest on their laurels. But this, true, they're not. They're not going to be better than Denver next year. Denver has a taste now. Like the, yeah. we, we were raised, and you you make your name in the playoffs. Five games better than them. That Denver team is making its name. Jamal Murray now, he's a different Jamal Murray going forward. One of my complaints going to this playoffs is I haven't seen Jamal Murray do it. I have to see him do it. Guess what? He's doing it. You look at the Joker. He's like, and Joker's what twenty three? Yeah, he's mm-hmm. young. Yeah. So we're and look, that's I'm just naming two of their players. And again, you got multiple guys. I think that's what we saw in that Portland Oklahoma City series. Portland has a bunch of guys that can either pass or shoot. They can do something with the ball. Oklahoma City has like two guys. That's no it. shooting. It's Adams. No he can't spacing. do anything no. unless he's given it. Yeah. And a, that's everybody on the but roster, I, basically. The only thing I'm saying is I would have liked to have seen, if it's possible to sustain, that Paul George we saw 
uh, start middle of the season in the playoffs with Russ. But you know what the problem? I just been? I would like to see that they they won one game against Portland. Was it just yeah. one? The problem would have been still Russ. Paul George can't do it by himself. No, I, he can't. And, he and can't. Russ can't shoot. I mean, so we saw it with Derrick Rose. You can't go five for thirty and expect to win playoff games. But remember, he did that because, in my personal opinion, you looked at Russ. And, I mean, you looked at Paul, and you knew he was banged up. He had to take a step. He had to. I'm, I'm just now. Saying. If you have a healthy Paul with you, do we see that Russ? At the beginning of the season, they took a step back and let and let Paul. And one point in time, was like, dude, this dude might be the MVP of the league. Let me say can this. can we get that at the same time in the playoff? That's the only thing I'm they saying. They won't get past Golden State without Durant with that team. Like, dude, he can't shoot. And and the problem with that in this NBA, there's no spacing. Cloud crowd the, the paint, everybody. Yeah, y'all gonna come because yeah. we don't have to guard anybody out there. You who only PG really is a guy we got to kind of shoot, got to worry about. Mm-hmm. All right, outside of that, the rest of y'all can't. Shoot. You it just it won't work how they're how the, right now they're structured. Yeah, who's even their number three? Is that Adams? Because I mean, no, Adams can't, can't is not a Adams. three. No, but I think they people would say it's Adams. Yeah, because who else could you even put there? I mean, look, they, people talk about Ferguson, and he averaged what like six or nine points this year. Mm-hmm. And and they may this is the thing too. They may have to trade him to bring in a player, a, a perimeter player to help them. They may have because that's the only young asset. Unless someone wants Schroeder, even Schroeder compounding yeah. that. Guess what? Schroeder can't do shoot. shoot. <laughs> just, and he's what, like 5'9? You know, can't really defend. Yeah. Expect him to be this defender for you either. And he has Dianus here. He's it only works for Clint Capella. He's listed at 6'1. Yeah. I was going to say, I think he's about six feet. He's about six feet. And they got the bad he looks. And he's though. German. I'm joking. <laughs> I have no issue with Germany except the Holocaust. Well, me too. Yeah. Okay. Met Gala, guys. Did mm. anybody see any pictures of the Met Gala? Yeah, I did. Mm-hmm. Who was your winner? Uh, mine's. Was is is Lena Waif and Kirby? That, Lena Lena Waif. You know, oh yeah 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 the, yeah. She the, actually uh, retweeted me one time. And look like, at what you. am I doing? So special. Have you guys yeah. seen Katy Perry? Yeah, I saw that. We talking about that real stuff though. I love. I listen. I love me some Katy Perry, but that was just too much. Yeah, dude. I'm gonna show you this picture. Oh okay yeah yeah yeah, yeah. oh with the uh, the double breasted uh, pinstripes. Yes. Well, the pinstripes have lick uh, uh, lyrics on it. Oh, I didn't see that. And these buttons have faces on it. Yeah, that one to me, like when I, this here goes right here. This one right here, he's a designer. This is my, this was my favorite one. Mm. Yeah. I'm going to go with the young actress, uh, Zendaya. Is that, am I, am I, I didn't see Zendaya. Am I saying her Z- name Z- right? Zendaya. Zendaya, yeah. I didn't see her, but you did post a picture of my girl. Who? Um, Lupita? No. Her after party thing, keep her away from me. Sydney Brown. But, uh, her wow. After, wow. Her after party. But uh, no, uh, Deny. Ooh, oh, Deny. Yeah. That one, I was yeah, going to yeah, say yeah. Deny until Beautiful I saw woman. this. Beautiful woman. I, when I saw that, the picture, you Deny, uh, Deny mm-hmm. is, oh, my goodness. Yeah, so yeah. For, at my second run-up is Deny. Okay. I, w- I would probably go Zendaya. Like this one right here. Uh, you know who else I read, Doug? This, this, just the way it was, the dress was made. I really liked Kim Kardashian's dress. It was like she was coming out of the water and the little the droplets. I don't know if it was diamonds or whatever. It looked like raindrops. So it, it looked like someone was like literally raining on her. Mm-hmm. And the, dre- the dress, that dress was nice. It was just, it, it, I really dug it. I really dug it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she had a corset on. She's showing all the curves, whatever like that. I don't know about Kanye weird ass. But uh, <laughs> but no, the dress itself, it was pretty cool. It was like she was coming out of water and it was like raindrops or water falling off of her. 
That yeah, was that's, a really cool that was dress. innovative. That yeah, was, that was really cool. I don't care for the corset part. Like, mm-hmm. sometimes I get tired of her, like, the same kind of vein. We get it. You're curvaceous. Right. But that's, that's pretty innovative. Yeah, that's I, pretty like, cool. I don't think when I uh, saw earlier that I, I, I paid as much attention. Yeah. That. That's, that, that's pretty, especially yeah. for it to be camp was the camp was the theme. The camp correct? was the theme. Yeah, right. so right. that actually hits the theme, too. It does. Yeah. It, it, it really does. It really does. Um, but then you're always going to root for uh, Kim K. Yeah, hey, Kim K is freeing people from jail. Hey, hey listen. Exactly. That, too. Did y'all see um, um, Frank Ocean? No, I did People not see Frank Ocean. He was out there in a security outfit. It was similar to Kanye, but he had on a <laughs> Did you see uh, Odell Beckham? Oh, my goodness. Rocking the dress. What did that have to do with camp? I don't know. It, what does, well, it, what it does this stuff have to do was, with I don't know. It, I mean, he, I'm but, not a fashion dude. I'm not, look, the dress is one thing, but the, the tux with the cut-off sleeves, it was just like, you just came, huh? Right? It was like, I'm going. <laughs> Let me go find me something in the, in the closet. Hey, Hey, uh, Mrs. Give me that, give me that black skirt you got. Um, Kanye shouldn't even went. No, he shouldn't have. Uh, I'm trying to think who else. Stood? Lupita stood out. Listen, Lady Gaga, who's on the board of the uh, Met Gala, or at least, uh, well, yeah, the, of the gala. She came in. She did like a 15 minute performance piece because she had like four different outfits on. It was like this big red dress. And then she took something off. He took that off, and it was another thing. Then he took that off. It was something else. And then she just down to a bra and panties. I said, well, go go ahead, Gaga. You go ahead, Gaga. Odell looks like he's from Scotland or something. Yeah, like, I don't know Scottish that. kilt. I don't know. And then he's I liked uh, Justin Bieber's wife, Haley Baldwin. She looked. Oh, really I, didn't, good. I didn't see her. Yeah, this Lady Gaga stuff is trash. Yeah. Oh, you didn't like it. I mean, it's all right. It's kind it, of I think it was a simple fact that she had four different outfits. And that I, last outfit isn't an outfit. She's just undressed. Outfit. Yeah, yeah. She's just you know just. Well, that's an outfit for the Gaga. Yeah, very no, true. It's not meat, but that's, you know, that's she's showing a, a little Wednesday meat. for the Gaga. <laughs> <laughs> um, Lupita's was nice. You know who one I did not like, and I love her, love her. Serena didn't like it. Yeah, didn't like it. I don't like poofy dresses. Yeah, I want to see Serena. I like. I couldn't see Serena. I can't, but that's the problem. She didn't want to be giving you Kim Kardashian all the time. I know, but I'm saying she's a, though, I won't even do it because Kim Kardashian is freeing the people from jail. So I'm, I'm just saying it. though. She's going to be a like lawyer. Hers. Take it easy, Ken. Yeah, 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 yeah. She's doing the thing. I liked hers. Uh, I, mean, I didn't like hers. I'm trying to see. Oh, little hip-hop to it. Mm-hmm. Um, Ashley Graham, uh, the model, she was rocking the uh, Dapper Dan Gucci. Uh, I don't think I've seen her. Yeah, she had a yeah, Gucci. She looked good. Yeah, she looked good. Let me see Ashley Graham. Uh, she's rocking a Gucci outfit from Dapper Dan. She has she had, like the stockings on uh, with his name on the side of it. That was kind of cool. Uh, who else did I see? I think that's about. Oh, uh, Cardi B had his very big yeah, red, I did not long, like it. yeah, long um, train uh, on her dress. Uh, I think that's about. That's at least not who I can remember. I'm very disappointed Rihanna wasn't there. Yes, me too. Some they can't do them all, y'all. I'm always disappointed. But she's like the headliner of that. Well, I mean, when you say that Beyonce wasn't there either, you pray respect yeah. to the queen. Yeah. First of all, you lead off with the queen. Yeah, okay. She's married. I want to. I want to see Rihanna. Oh, real quick. Did you, have you all seen um, the movie with her and Donald Glover on Amazon Prime? No, we haven't. Mm. It, was, it was cool. It was like a, it was a good little throwaway movie. Listen, hold on. Let me say something. What? If you're going to stop the discussion to bring up a movie, don't finish what? with it was cool. No, I don't think it was anything kind of like a masterpiece by exactly. any chance. So but I would say. Why that, are we stopping this but, discussion to say, hey, did you see this all right thing? Well, he brought up uh, Rihanna. Yeah, Ashley Graham is out here. I see you. Yeah. She, I'm not even a big great. Ashley Graham fan. No? 
Nah. Really? I, you know, I can mm. find some other people that feel the void that she feels. Oh, I don't know about that. It's that I don't need that tanning of America for my mm. things. I got I, sisters that can do that. I'm just saying. I start I like off them with all. them at the top. I like them all. I start off with the sisters on top. I like them all. I bet you do. I do. You don't love the sisters. I love them all. What? I'm joking with you. What is this? Sydney. The movie. <laughs> no, you're supposed to say um, <laughs> cool. Archie Bunker Davis or whatever. <laughs> 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 but no, but the Met Gala, the Met Gala, um, this is like the most I think I ever remember any uh, all these dresses. But uh, it was cool though. It was cool. Were they smoking in the bathroom again, or they locked that down? They could smoke in the bathroom. They did that a couple years They're ago. Stars. What do you think is? What do you? Who's going to tell them no? So I'm happened? not coming back. So wait, what will happen? Well, I don't know the story. What they, happened? You know, they, 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 do the, like, they do the thing where everybody gets together in the bathroom and they take pics. Like yeah, that's the and there's a bunch of cigarettes yeah. and maybe oh. more. Oh, it's New York. And you can't do Ain't that. Ain't illegal in New York now? Yeah, you can't smoke inside. Again, they're at the Met. They're stars at the know. Met Gala. Who tells them no? And that's a big no-no at the Metropolitan Museum of Art or any other public building in New York City where smoking is strictly prohibited. There's model Bella Hadid blowing smoke and passing a cigarette in the direction of Paris Jackson. And talk about smoking in the girls' room. That's actor Rami Malek, star of Mr. Robot, puffing away. What's he doing in there? Here's one that's not a woman, but a guy. What did you think of Billy Porter's outfit? I don't, I don't even Look know. Look up Billy Porter. Billy Porter. He, I don't know who Billy Porter is. I know him by name. He's a black guy. Uh, he came in. He had basically like this uh, golden golden wig. Uh, oh, you mean a brother wing. that? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, 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 what, I, I, who is he? I know the name, but who is he? he a designer? I think he uh, he was on a show. Okay, I Definitely. don't know. Now Billy Porter, I, I thought for, that that was that's great. Yeah, no, I, especially when he had the dudes bring him in there. Yeah, I, I like think the Egyptian I, I god. Think I, he did something in the last two months. He wore what was the last event? Was Kings Grammys recently? Was the Grammys? Probably the Grammys. The Grammys. Look real quick. Grammys. Either Grammys or the Oscars. Yeah, yeah. So what, he what, came Grammys? out with something crazy. Yeah, he had on the the the, uh, the tuxedo with the long dress. With the long dress. No, on. For, for to fit his vein, I like that. Yeah, I, that's I thought him. that was dope. That's him. I thought that was especially. I'm gonna tell you what. Is he being a Game of Thrones fan? Having that um the face the the ornamental face type stuff too mm-hmm. is definitely like I I thought for him he 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 was one of the top ones for what the Met Gala is. Even though I don't know how that's camp, but he, he knocked it out the park. I just want to know who what what does he do? Who is he? Why don't you just look? Because you right there on the computer. You type. I mean, away. the thing is, when I'm looking at somebody, I'm like, who is it? What do they do? You type in the way. Billy Porter is an American stage performer, pop singer, and actor. Oh, okay. So I did. A, I did know that. Uh, he's a guy from the theater. Let's shout, shout out to Billy he, Porter. He's on the albums of Kinky Boots, The Soul of Richard Rogers, and more. Yeah, he has a Tony Award for Best Lead Actor in a Musical. More. Oh, you okay. should know that about Billy Porter. Why well, now I know Ken. you are unsophisticated. I am. But shout out to Billy Porter and his imagination. Yeah, or whoever, whoever the hell is. Whoever thought about that. Is. That was great. Um, and going about sports news, uh, Joe Namath has a new book out called All the Way, My Life in Four Quarters. And he discusses how alcoholism basically killed him. Also or almost killed him. Also known as Can I Give You a Kiss? But listen, this is the point. And what D is talking about is uh, when he was, it was in 2003, he was on the sideline with, with Susie Colbert, yeah. and he, he asked her to kiss him. He yeah, said that kiss. was the last time he had a drink. Really? Yeah, he said it was killing him, and he named his urge to drink Slick. So he said Slick sometime or Whisper to Me or whatever, but he said, uh, he said basically I was about to die, and he was using his ex-wife Ooh. as an excuse, Ooh. his divorce as an excuse. 
uh, but just talked about, you know, a little bit how hard it is to, to conquer alcoholism. Shout out to uh, Joe Namath, man. Yeah, I mean, listen, anybody battling an addiction uh, like that, that's that's some serious stuff. Uh, I don't know if it was the shame that got him because I think it, that was part of it. Okay, because it was, yeah, it was everywhere. Somehow and sometimes hit his family. Yourself. Yeah, yeah, like it, it, he couldn't hide from that. Also, too, when you name your addiction, when you give your addiction uh, with a good a meaning, nickname, though, slick, slick, it always get me with slick. That's slick <laughs> trying to get me, <laughs> trying to stop. Never drinking. trust somebody named Slick. It comes Slick. It comes Slick again. Oh, you stay away, Slick. Uh, but good for him that he's uh, got past. Um, his, well, he's fighting this battle because I don't think you yeah, never, never, you never actually beat it. You're just constantly fighting it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I hope he stays on the wagon. But man, I, listen, just me being, um, wow, you said this is 2000, what? Three? That was 2003. So I was, what, 21 years old? And I remember watching that live. Me too. Me and too. I was like, did he just ask for a kiss? It was Monday Night Football, right? It was. It was. So did he just ask for a kiss? Like, can you do that? If you Joe Namath, if you Joe Namath, you can't. He had I just want to kiss you. I just want to kiss you. I want to kiss you. Thanks, Joe. I wasn't even a 500 quarterback, but I won a title. They love me. <laughs> you see, you see that Bill Moore. My dad uh, raised me. He's like his stats. Were, I mean, mind you, he went to Alabama. My dad he did. Like, he his did. stats were terrible. Like as far as his career, because he was in New York and he's mm-hmm. Broadway Joe, but. That wise, listen, I guarantee. Oh man, listen, that basically yeah. made the NFL what the NFL yeah. is today with those teams. If he, if the a, if the Jets did not beat the Giants, Colts. no Colts, Colts. the Colts, yeah. if that didn't happen, man, you would not see. You'd probably be seeing the uh, some other crazy name. No, you may be right. It probably is the Giants. Was it the Giants? No, I thought it was. I the thought Colts. it was the Colts, but I'm trying to think of a because he beat Johnny Unitas. That's what I was thinking. That's what I was. I just want to make sure though. To be. Damn, Johnny, you was still playing in. That was his last one. I Dog, think. Johnny, you played to the '70s when he went to San Diego. What year? That was '69. Yeah. Oh my goodness! I still got a little sports knowledge on the top of this head of mine. Wow. Wow, 69, yeah. I mean, but like I said before, you probably, you'll be seeing the Denver, I don't know. Yeah, he played in Stallions 73. instead of the Denver Broncos. Yeah, no, he played, when he went out there to San Diego, he was trash. Oh, yeah, I know, I know that. I know when John, Johnny U went out there. I just, I forgot who they played against. But it was his coast and it was, wow, with Johnny Unitas. And that was 1969, right? Mm-hmm. Wow. wow. See, this is the kind of sports knowledge you would get. We have Tony Gill on here. He wouldn't know what the hell is going on. It didn't happen in 2004. Bump it. 69. It was the coach. Yes, correct. It was the coach, right? Yeah. Right. But it basically made the NFL into what you see a lot of the teams. How many teams came over? The Chiefs, the Broncos, the Raiders. Yeah. Was it some more? The Jets. The Jets. Was that it? The Chargers? Was the Chargers an AFL AFL team? Probably. The Chargers? That's five. I thought it was more. I got as nineteen seventy approached three NFL teams, the Baltimore Colts, Cleveland Browns, and Pittsburgh Steelers agreed to join the ten AFL teams, the Cincinnati Bengals, Miami Dolphins, who had originally or had joined the original Boston Patriots, Buffalo Bills, Denver Broncos, Houston Oilers, Kansas City Chiefs, New York Jets, Oakland Raiders, and San Diego Chargers. There you go. All right, so it was more than what I thought then. So, so the I think Patriots, there was ten wow. AFL teams. Okay. Yeah, I thought it was yeah, I thought it was quite a few of them. Yeah. Shout out to Joe Namath and his sobriety. Thank you. Um, I got one from the MLB. Uh, Dallas Keuchel was talking about staying his ground as far as market value and that he will not take less dollars to sign to a team. Uh, you know, I saw the article that was on ESPN. He mentioned that people make fun of Le'Veon Bell, but he looks as Le'Veon Bell as a player that was looking out for his health and there's nothing wrong, and he'll do the exact same thing. Well, the one thing with baseball is that you uh, 
can play for a very long time. Football, obviously, you only have a very short window. Um, listen, if he wants to stand his ground, hopefully he saved his money. He has a good bank account. He talked to his accountant and his family if he had to and say, hey, if I miss the season, it's all right. Now, the question is, what is he asking for? I think he he's was a, offered 17 and a half for this one season. And he turned that down. So, well, I'm sure the biggest thing, too, he looks he looking for Stability. something more for longer yeah, than one security, year. Security, more yeah, years than yeah, one. more yeah. years. So even if somebody was coming around, coming around probably gave him like a three-year deal, he would probably take that. Easily, That's fine. He would take He's it. 20. I think I saw when he said he was I he got to he's like 28, 29. Yeah, yeah I 20, he was 29. To be, he's close to 30. Yeah, close to 30 years old. It's a pitcher. Damn good pitcher at that. Mm-hmm. Uh, could definitely, he could definitely uh, get a contract, I think, two or three years. He's actually years. 31. Oh, all right. He's a little older than I thought. But still, though, he could do a two or three year contract. He doesn't rely on velocity. Nope. But yeah. that's one reason why some people aren't big on Right. That is uh, because. I don't know if people look at him like Hendrix with that type stuff. Mm-hmm. It's usually been the combination of velocity and stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that arm is declining. declining. They're, but their teams that need him. I mean, pro-rated. I mean, he can. The White Sox. It's the only problem I with said the White that, I said that to, you know to begin with. The only problem with the, if he came to the White Sox, you know what happened. First of all, he better get a no trade. First of all, why would he come to a team that's not going to win in the next two, two or three years? So then you would look at the White Sox to just be using him to flip him. And why would he come here then? And or why would he sign a no trade clause to a losing team when clearly there are teams that can win that will want him by no later than the All Star break? He's no John Lester, and uh, I'm not saying that the White Sox are on the verge of winning a championship like the Cubs. We kind of saw that, like okay, yeah, they got something going. Yeah, the Cubs were 80 wins around that time. Exactly. Now he would be that veteran that you would put on that team to kind of push him forward. I mean, but you look at the you look you look at what the White Sox are doing right now. The offense is there. The pit, the starting pitching is terrible. Yeah, it is. T- Terrible. But a season away? A season away from what? Uh, to at least be more than a 500 team. Maybe. But why do that when there are teams out there that are, are that's, that's that whole, that's, surpassed yeah, right, that? Right, right, right. That's and, the whole and thing. And you're banking on a gamble, damn yeah. near. When he can go, look, he, he can go to several teams that are in the hunt and get paid. And also, those teams don't have to give up prospects to bring them in. But, Is there any thought that the division is winnable? Unless the Twins run away, but I don't think anyone expects the Twins to run away. You've got more young talent coming up towards the end of the year. That's what do I'm you saying. try to do contend? A, if you do, had, you do a three-year contract and said, all right, man, we got these young kids coming up. go crazy trying to pay him one-year deal. This crazy amount. Yeah, and see if he'll just stick around this year and try to compete. Yeah, but, but, but this is the thing. <sighs> I think they should have tried to sign him. The, in the rest, the rest of that, I was saying that for a while. He can, he can't save the season by himself as a, as, as a, your, your your head rotational pitcher. Like the rest of the staff is shot to you know what. Like it's dog. Carlos Rodon is gone. Oh yeah, yeah, he's done. I mean, that was supposed to be your your dependable stud at least. We said that at the end of last season. Yeah. Let's try to see if he can stay healthy this season. Right. Obviously, I didn't mean, happen. This is his second time. John, remember, he had one in school. Yeah. All right. This is his second time, John. You have Ronaldo Lopez, who went from a guy that was like maybe he can be a number two to a guy's like you're a three or four maybe. Mm-hmm. All right. L- Lucas Giolito is untrustable. <laughs> like that's like <laughs> I agree with you. I agree so with you. He's bought you. So Dallas Cock could come here and be like, um, I'm a pitch every day. <laughs> 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 what type of old school pitching is this? Don't worry, Ricky. I Japanese got it. Pitching. Ricky's pitcher doesn't quit. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> like, like, like. I mean, I mean, but could you sell him? Not saying I don't think no, this is ever going to happen. Could. But could you sell him? Like, all right, listen, man, we got these younger cats coming up. We got it done, and we got a Kopech. 
They're coming up possibly next <laughs> you year. You don't sell them on a dude that maybe come back during next year because he had Tommy John surgery. <laughs> we got oh, that listen, too. We got a. Uh, you saw that start, right? Yeah, we got Dave. We got Dave Dunning. <laughs> his elbow's gone. We got Kopech. Elbow gone. Uh, Carlos Rodon. I mean, we got Rodon. Guess what? Elbow gone. Like how many nobody guys? has signed them though. Nobody signed them. The ghost of Rodon is pretty powerful. Over oh, it's there. strong as hell. It's, it permeates through everything. Yeah, it just goes through the the hallways of the concourses. It's terrible, man. I got a wicked slider. <laughs> Say it last year. Can he stay healthy? Probably can't. What happened? Boom. Elbow. Dean Davis. Other side of this break, we're going to Ryan's segment, Up for Grabs. Yo, what up? It's your man, Jay Illa. Official Chicago Bears DJ. And you are listening to the Dean Davis Show. Turn it up. Dean Davis Show. Hey. It is about that time to go up for grabs. What, what Mr. Ryan Bukabeski? Ryan, what you got for us? Uh, what are the, <clears throat> excuse me, what are the chances Boston extends the series? Slim and none. A slim got shot at the OK Corral. Yeah, That's I, a wrap. I, I think the one thing. I have confidence in that. No, I, I don't, I don't hey, have no, no. I, I got Make it light I, I on just, yourself. Got, listen, the banker shot Kobe. Hey, listen, no, the banker shot Kobe will be starting to get broke if you start hey, betting on this. Listen, listen, listen. What Boston going to win tomorrow, I guarantee it. I guarantee okay. it. Hey, yes. Jack. I am. I tell you what. Bet it. After the show? Games in Milwaukee. Name your price. I don't care what it is. We can bet whatever you want. Name your price. You, you make it light on yourself. One. They call me Mr. Barkley at the bank, too. I know they call one. you. Uh, they call you Mr. O'Neill. One. They call me Mr. One. Barkley. One. One thousand dollars. hundred dollars. <laughs> <laughs> Well, since we talked to David Schuster and had our NBA conversation, let me just continue that talk. And let's start off with uh, the NBA playoffs living up to the hype with uh, basically every series in a deadlock 2-2, except for Milwaukee and Boston, who is a 3-1. So real simple, be it series, team, player, or coach, what's the biggest story or storyline right now in the NBA playoffs? Oh, it's GSW Houston. I think um, you look at the fact with the Toronto series, I think that would be close. Unfortunately, Portland and Denver are too much too far in the Northwest. We just don't pay attention to them even right now. But um, I mean, Milwaukee's basically beating Boston. If that team, I will say this, if Milwaukee and Boston was tied up, it'd almost be equal. It still wouldn't be equal to GSW and Houston mm-hmm. and seeing them run it back from last year when Chris Paul's injury seemed like it could have taken away them from finally making it to the finals. Yeah, no, that was the last year's Western Conference Finals. I definitely agree with you uh, with the series. Just the story itself, I say too, just look at the, just more of the bouquets getting thrown at Giannis. I mean, he just looks unbelievable. Unbelievable. And then head out west, what KD is doing. It's unbelievable. It's the, one, it's the one key word for both of them. Unbelievable. How the simple fact of, yes, Houston and Golden State is tied up. My God, if KD was not there or KD wasn't having this kind of a stretch, and he knows he hasn't played as well, if he wasn't playing that, man, Houston probably would have, they'd be up 3-1 and probably swept them the way they've been playing. The way they've been playing. So that would be my takeaways. Mine, I will stick with Milwaukee and Giannis, I guess specifically. I'm surprised how easy they've looked ever since that game one loss to Boston. It yeah. just like light switch turned on. They just start hitting some shots and Giannis became as unstoppable as ever down low. And suddenly that series is just over. And I was with you, Ken. Boston's so talented. I thought, man, but they are going to come. Two things we haven't mentioned. Giannis, one, of course, but coaching. 
Yeah, that's true too. Budenholzer, Budenholzer got back yeah. to because what they weren't they weren't closing out well. They weren't hustling uh, as far as doing what they need to do with mm-hmm. a team that only has one super talented player. You have to do the little things. Budenholzer told them, "Look, this is what you need to do: close out, get to your man faster." They've been doing that. Even get out, get out to the line when Giannis is penetrating, getting down to the hole. Make sure get out there. They've been doing that. When you look at Brad Stevens, because he's not getting hit up, but I will hit that ass up and let you know. Kyrie is a blah, but Brad Stevens has been uh, underperforming this whole season, and, and he's gotten a pass. That's when it goes back to knowing your roles. Just know your role and play your role correctly, and then you can succeed. In, in Milwaukee right now, everybody's playing their role, and in the number one, number one seed overall for a reason. And with that role, Chris Middleton really showing up in the, yeah. in the series, yeah. oh, looking like number two. Here. That too. Money's, that money's, money. a, money's a good motivator. Like Schuster said, money talks. Swish. And speaking with Schuster, more. we also had a good Cubs conversation with them, and the Cubs had a terrific weekend sweeping the Cardinals and taking over first place. That should do it. Cardinals make a little noise in the ninth with the back-to-back homers, but it was too big a mountain to climb as the Cubs finish him off and finish a three-game sweep here at home before giving it back yesterday after they lost 6-5 to five to the Marlins. So my question for you guys, have the Cubs become the favorite in your eyes to win the NL Central? I'm no. still not saying that. I, it's, it's, it's Cardinals, Cubs, Brewers. It's, it's just going to be like that. It's going to be one team is going to get the division. It's going to be a wild card team. I think it's going to be a dog race this entire year. Unless no one's it's, if we have both, all three of these teams stay healthy for, for the most part, right? No kind of big injuries to any kind of big key players, right? This is going to be a three-horse race. That's it. And then you just got to see who's able to last at the end of the season. That's it to me. One, out of any um, on this show and any type of television television appearances that I've done in the last month and a half, I basically like calm down. The Cubs are super talented. They'll be all right. It's too early in the season. But I'll say this much. I don't know if, and I know they were, they're they number one in the NL in, in Central. I don't know if I believe in the Cardinals. Well, but I, maybe I should, because Goldschmidt isn't hitting, and they're, they're where they're at. But still, with with a new manager from being brought in last year, and knowing what the Cubs have a manager, and also Milwaukee has them going back to to the, the coaching or whatever. And Milwaukee, I mean, what happened when Yelich comes? Like they, mm-hmm. like that. So I, me personally, I think it's uh, I think it's a three horse race. I'm not going to discount the Cardinals. But I would lean closer to the Brewers and Cubs. I mean, it could be like that, but no. I cannot say, especially when we're talking about the bullpen woes. And, yeah, the pitching staff is pitching better, but you Darvish is you Darvishing. They need to make a and trade for happened, bullpen. And what happened? Look, what happens if, if, and it probably will, one of these pitches, one of these starting pitches gets a tingly arm. And I'm not saying this is going to be where this, their season's over, but usually you're not going to have guys just make it the whole. Look at their pitching staff last year and what took place. Yeah. So I can't say that any team, and this just goes to how uh, how competitive the Daniel Central is, but I don't have, uh, I can't make a proclamation on who's going to win it. I think if I had to give a slight favorite, I would go with the Cubs because I look at their roster compared to the other two, mm-hmm. and I think they have a little bit more talent. They do. And I would say they do. it's considerable enough where you say the Cubs have the most talented roster of the teams in the NL Central. Now, the bullpen is a problem. I was going to say, Milwaukee, bullpen, to. you don't think of, I mean, in this I think it's MLB close, now. But I don't like, see, 
to me, with Milwaukee and the Cubs, mm-hmm. Milwaukee has the bullpen, but they don't have any starting pitching. Mm-hmm. Cubs at least have yeah, starting that, pitching. They'll go out with. They'll you. go pay Dallas Keuchel. <laughs> Maybe you they, they, they paid Gio that, Gonzalez you know though. They, yeah. they went and paid Gio. Just paid him what, Ryan? But this Four is Milwaukee. Bucks. This is Milwaukee. <laughs> it's five dollars. They didn't want to trade for Quintana. They didn't want to go after but when we, some but of these top names. They want to keep their pipeline in order. And look what they did without Quintana last year. But that doesn't Think mean that this. they're going to go get a free agent, well, though. Well, see, the thing is, too, you just mentioned trade for Quintana, meaning they would have to give up prospects, right? You can sit there now, and again, a team like that in the small market, it's it's uh, July 15th, or no, it's July 3rd, basically. And you're like, man, what are we going to do? Keiko's still out there. That pro rating, that's not 17.5 now. That's closer to like seven, eight million dollars. I'm gonna say eight million. Yeah, seven, eight million dollars. Can we go out there, bring him in? Now he's gonna be healthy. We would think in some Roger Clemens style Yankees from a decade or so ago. He's in the box. Roger's in the box. But is it gonna be a situation similar to that? So I, I would think for them, since they wouldn't have to give up prospects to do it, I mean they're a team that would make that move. I, I think. So I, I'm, they again, might. Yeah. I don't disagree with you that they would maybe do that. I just. They haven't done it yet. Yeah, but we no haven't one seen that front no office. It's, not, it's not June or July yet. Yeah, but, no but I'm saying, this front office, when have they ever paid for pitching? Huh? They don't do that normally. If it's really cheap, they will. Maybe if they see themselves, maybe they have a good cushion. If it's possible, they have yeah. a good cushion and he's still out there. Is uh, Cuba still out there? Uh, if Dallas still out there, maybe they go ahead and make that move then. $8 million isn't a lot. Like when you're saying that, for instance, we're not talking about a long-term deal. We're talking about, hey, do you want to play again this year to get your name back out there so, one, you can show that your value is still valid? Because Keiko isn't going to get the deal that he wants oh, yeah. next year that he didn't get in this offseason. But if he can sit there and play and, and be a prominent role during this year, he can at least try to get cl- make some of that money up next year. Get some bling, too. I agree. I just think— Got a chance. Overall, the— if the play of like Baez, Contreras, mm-hmm. Hayward, mm-hmm. they keep going one through eight like they mm-hmm. are. And even the top four guys aren't hitting yet. Chris mm-hmm. Bryant's slowly waking up. Rizzo's Rizzo. slowly waking yeah. up. Yeah. We'll see what they do. And I think that they can get a bullpen arm. And if they get a bullpen arm, to me, that I they just have that. the most. I agree with that. Who, who would you move for a bullpen? Um, well, I wonder if Aston Russell. Yeah. Damn, we know people are knocking the door down. I, I know they're not going to get a big name arm, but they've always been. A, look at Mike Montgomery when they won the World Series. Mm-hmm. They didn't give up much. They gave up Dan Vogelbach, yeah. and he became as important as anybody. Yeah, so I won't discount any arm. Jesse Chavez last year. Okay. Brought him in for nothing. He was probably their best pitcher. And only oh, hits the upright again. That's impossible. And the Eagles run out into the field, but there's still five seconds. So they've got to get back. He does it again. Moving over now to the football field. The Bears had themselves their rookie minicamp over the weekend. And with a plethora of kickers, they went down to two in Elliott Fry and Chris Blewett. So on Monday, the Bears traded for Eddie Pinero from the Raiders. Was that a strong leg? Yeah, famously had a viral video of kicking an 81-yard field goal back in college. So let me ask you guys, because none of these kickers have any NFL experience. Do the Bears have their kicker for the upcoming season on the roster right now? Who knows? I mean, kickers are like kickers are like bullpen uh, pitchers. You don't know what. Just let them go out there and do it. It's something. Sometimes they hot and they they great, and sometimes they like. What is this? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I don't know because I still don't know if they're going to sit there 
and try to acquire a, a, a name brand kicker, a, a known kicker, because with uh, Panero, you're looking at that's a seventh round pick in like a year or two years. Yeah, that, but he has to play. I think. Yeah, but he has yeah. to play. He has to be on the roster for five roster. games right. to get that. So actually, you can wash your hands of that deal before the season or during the season. Mm-hmm. So you it, you still have the chance to sit there and look at using a seventh round or even depending on the value of that kicker, a sixth round pick to try to go out there and get it if you think that's what you're missing for. I heard uh, Lewis Riddick on Cap Show, and he was talking about that it's to the point that if they, if the Bears think that's the missing piece, they just need to go do it because right. this starts to permeate into the the, the, the team. Uh, listening to some of the reviews, of, listening to some of the kickers talk about it and saying how it's like you never know who's going to get called up and the pressure that they are already getting because Nagy may be like, hey, you go, and they have to sit there and make it, and if they don't make it, they're sending their asses home. Uh, it's interesting. Look, you can find a kicker off the street. That's just the truth. But it, 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 with a team that views the season last year's failure due to a kicker, would you want to come in this season and have it permeate even further from not having a kicker and the team feeling that if we put it in the kicker's hands, this, the team is sunk? As I've said plenty of times, is the kicker the cherry on top for this team? Damn it, if you're going to make a trade, just go out there and just call San Francisco to see what do y'all want for Robbie. If you're going to make a trade, just go ahead and trade for him. I don't know what they're asking for. It. Asking for him, I, I don't know. But he's a kicker. Either you're going to Go out there and make that move. Show your waybos. Put them on the table. Damn it! If you're gonna do it, or as the, or you just go out, and you just hold open roster. I mean, open tryouts. Like everybody come up here, just kicking, just find out what's happening. Because that's how they kind of foul Robbie. Only issue I have with that, or being someone to try to look at it from a management perspective, the Bears are gonna have to sign Eddie Jackson after this year. Mm-hmm. Leonard Fournette has his fifth year option already. Leonard Fournette or Leonard, Leonard Floyd. Floyd? Leonard Floyd. Thank you, Leonard Floyd. And that's only guaranteed if he gets injured. But you're talking about bringing in Robbie. Robbie's not playing on a one-year deal. Robbie's going to want at least three years. What is he, 37, I believe? Yeah, something like 36, that. 36, 37, he's a kicker. So clearly he knows I can kick to 40 easily. So he's going to want 40. Yeah, I know that. But yeah. I'm saying, but you're not going to pay him. No, no. You're not going to no. hit him with like an eight-year deal. He's 36. Okay, he's 36, 37. Mm-hmm. So, so clearly he's like, look, you're going to have to give me multiple years. Do you want to give Robbie Gold an average of $4 million a year? And that's below value of what kickers have gotten. Kickers are getting 5.5, the top they are. top flank. Do you, and but he wants to come back here. Yeah, though. but how bad does he want it from the point of cutting off his nose to spite his face? It seems like he want to get the hell out of San Francisco. Hey, but he said he yeah, wants he to be wants in the out. Midwest, he wants too. Out. So if the Vikings are like, we give you this money. And they need him. Yeah, they need him too? you can yeah, go yeah, home. Yeah. You can yeah, you can go home a couple times. Oh, yeah, you, you good. We we played against you. We know you, Robbie. We're right? tired of this washed up cowboy. Yeah. So <laughs> um, it's so st- my thing is looking at the the cap situation. I, I don't think Bears Bears fans are paying attention, but I could play devil's advocate with that and saying that we know in in a, a few years. Some good players are going to have to be released, and you're going to have to build through the draft. And they shouldn't be high draft picks as, as, as far as in the in the high, first round or any round. It'll be the lower picks in that round. Um, should they just go all out for it now? So it's kind of it's it's NBA, it's a catch twenty two in a way. And it's still you gotta strike while you're see, hot. But again, you can find a kick. So this you can find a kicker. 
Like you can find the. That's what I said. It's easy to be like Robbie, Robbie, but man, Robbie, we wasn't saying Robbie when Robbie came got here. We was like, who's this guy that got cut by what? Was it New England? Who did yeah, New England. Yeah, who's this guy that got cut? He and he couldn't he even, they would only let him do 40 yards. I was say, remember, back then it was that he was accurate, but he didn't have a, a, a strong a strong leg. That was the knock on him the first two or three years. And we were like, well, push him back a little bit further. But, but that was the knock on him in this Y'all talking about the past. We're talking about the now. He's one of the best kickers in the, the, but what the, the best kicker Butler, in the NFL. What did Kevin Butler say on ESPN? I don't know what he said. He Not said, come back. He said, don't come back because you figured it out in San Francisco. You may not be able to figure it back out here in those those crazy those wins, wins off of Lake Michigan. And you you may not have the same success. And you're going to come back here in a situation where we already are bumped the kicker. And what if Robbie has a year closer to the year he left than the year he just had last season? Well, and he yeah. left. But I'm just saying he left. A team that it was his basically that's that's you the man to come here and it, it may not click again. But he, he was basically like you could never go back to the past. Well, I'm sure Robbie's looking, Robbie is looking at like, listen, I want to go back home. Uh, I guess I play in the Midwest, but I want I want to go back to Chicago. And also too, they have a really good chance to win a championship. San Francisco ain't doing that. True. And in the NFL, you have to strike while you're hot. That's why that missed kick from Parky, the double doink was so crazy and so hurtful if you're a Bears fan. It's kind of like this could have been our year. This could have been our year. And then it happened because you want to do the double doink. So if you either you're going to go all the way or don't go at all. I'm saying, listen, you make a trade, man. Go ahead and call up San Francisco. See what, see what they walk, uh, they talking about. Not that I wasn't worried before about the kicker position, but definitely after this weekend, I'm like officially worried about it because I think that they probably do have their guy on the roster. I don't think they might go after a veteran. There might be a veteran cut, but I don't think that's going to necessarily happen. And they haven't really shown it. Like Gaskowski was out there for a long time. They could have solved that, but true, obviously true. it was a big payday for that guy i don't think they want to pay that position especially after they paid for it last year and they got rid of them and they're paying for still paying for that it, right? dead money yeah, yeah dead money in their cap so yeah. they probably will go with one of these lower guys but i'm with you d i think in this idea of going out and trading for it. i even said this before they trade for this kicker if you gotta trade a sixth or seventh round pick to get a kicker in here a veteran that you trust Go ahead and do it. Obviously, it depends on the cap situation and everything like that. But you already have decided to basically be all in anyways. So if you're all in, go be all, all in. in. Yep. Go ahead and get this kicker so that you don't have to worry about a potential double doink that ruins your season again. Yep. I know you don't care about your people. Why should you? They hate you and you hate them. You're not a monster. I know this. I know this because I've seen it. You've always loved your children. More than yourself. More than Jamie. More than anything. I beg you, if not for yourself, then for your child. The rain is over, but that doesn't mean your life has to end. 
doesn't mean your baby has to die. Final question for you guys. Go to a little Game of Thrones action as uh, it was a cliffhanger at the end of last week's Game of Thrones episode. Spoiler alert. Queen Daenerys is preparing her next move after Queen Cersei moved her chess pieces into place and beheaded Missandry. What should Daenerys' next move be? Ken, you are... Well, both of y'all like huge Game of Thrones fans. So I'll let you two rock for this one. I'll just throw my little two cents in. She needs to... She needs to be very cunning and get the North behind her. You're talking about Danny. Yeah, she, if she has to appease uh, Sansa and Arya by basically being like, yeah, you know, John's my king and I'm gonna listen to him and all this, but really he's just plotting on when she's gonna get rid of all of them. She probably should play a hand like that. And I mean, it would be so different from the character in a way. Uh, Danny usually falls and then she does the right thing and sometimes it's by her own fruition uh, instead of listening to other people. So when she came out and told John, man, like, man, sh- sh- don't tell nobody. It was like, damn, damn, Danny, is we living like that in the streets right now? Um, <laughs> she and got then, pretty forceful with it, though. And the, of course she did. She wasn't playing. Don't open your <laughs> mouth. lost two dragons for the dog. If you lose two dragons for somebody, you're not going to be playing when you talk to them when they talk about unraveling everything you've done. It was like, dude, oh, I had the Darthraki. I had the Unsullied. I had three dragons. Right, and I come up here messing with you, and yo, you ain't even had nobody. How many people you had before I got here? Right, no, about five hundred. The Wildlands. Little little girl, uh, had more. Of my girl had sixty men. Right, like she was only rolling with sixty kids. Right, like dude, I'm out here. But listen, I'm out here with drag. First of all, I care for the colored people, and y'all hate them up here up north. And then John, your idea, <laughs> you 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 killed half of my Darthraki <laughs> and half my Unsullied. All right, where the light go? Where all the fire? Like so, I, I, where's all these Southerners that we can sacrifice? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so my thing would be for, I mean, I guess Danny has to follow her heart. I mean, I think that's what it, that's what the, 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 the I hate I hate the fact that they're setting it up and it's really chauvinist how it sets up because it's like if a woman rules, it's an issue with that. I mean, and even though I know it's being truthful to the times then and the times now, mm. all right? That's just the times now. We haven't had a woman president here in America. Mm-mm. So that you know, like, it's just, that that's not by for a quinky-dink. You know, that's what how people are uh, voting, not necessarily with what the, uh, the, 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 um, what the what the candidates are proposing, but they're voting off of, quote-unquote, what they believe their ideals are. But uh, Danny has to follow her heart and, um, even though what the writers are doing right now, who knows? I mean, it's kind of like, huh? <laughs> like the dragons sitting there flying in the sky, and he. First of all, they told Danny, "Hey, you know you let that dragon chill out. Let everybody. Everybody needs to rest, Danny. Like that's what signs of the. You need. Right. You need to slow down, sister. I'm telling you, right? No, I came up here to do this. Now y'all want to chill out? No, when I got up here, y'all talking about turn up, turn up, turn up, turn up, turn up. Now y'all want to relax? And took uh, Rhaegar up there, and I mean, the first arrow was like, "Whoa, damn!" Hit him in the, hit him in the chest. <laughs> it was like, and then when they hit him in the throat, it was like, "No!" It's like this in the streets. It was just like, dude, nobody. Like, the for, same reaction. Yeah. No. But see, this is, I'll, I'll tell you another interesting. <laughs> My reaction thing. was, "Damn." Who? I wonder, and I, they may not tell us since it's only two episodes left. Who are the Ravens that? Cersei had to tell her exactly what was going on because she knew 
Oh, they they hurt like this. Oh, the dragons ain't. Let's hit them now. Oh, who's the snitch? Who's the, or it, it, is there a snitch? Is there a snitch in the camp of? Uh, is there team is Dan? there a snitch or is it a situation where just naturally how we always knew Jamie. they're spies? I don't think the Jack. way he left me. Oh, I feel so bad. What's her name? What's the tall blonde? Uh, Brian. Brian. He but got, Jamie got no. some and then left. Jamie did that he because changed. he's right. going to kill Cersei. I don't think he's going to kill her. But I, mean, I think oh, that I was think that's what he. No, that's what this is what I'm saying. It's two on the nose. No, no, no. This is the thing. I'm not saying he will. I'm saying why he left. He told Brian that, but he left because he when he but heard, he didn't say like I'm about to go off this chick. No, but he's not. When when you could tell by his reaction. What he heard was like, you know what? I didn't do what I should have done. I should have stopped this. I'm up is what his reaction was like. This was on me. I've, I've been an enabler. I need to stop it. And then he basically did one of those moves with Brienne where it's like, because Jamie know he's going to die. So he's not going to be like, I love you and forever love me. After he took a virginity, he's going to be like, nah, I've done some foul stuff. Like, they, we, we've seen that trope before. I'm a terrible human being. I crippled the kid. Like, he's trying to make her not like him because yeah, I know, I know. he's like, break away from me because I'm on a suicide mission. But she, and I also but she, felt like he yeah. was like. And that, that robe was pimping that she had on her nose. Like, oh my goodness. <laughs> where, where you going, baby? You about to leave it now? Did you also get the feeling like, because he was like saying how hateful Cersei is. I almost got the feeling he's like, you know, everyone's been talking about this Lannister down King's Landing. Not talking enough about this one right here. Almost like I'm riding up because I need to get my name back in track. I didn't take, I didn't take, I didn't get that, but I still, you got to remember who he, who he was. I mean, he was one of the, the fiercest swordsmen yeah, in the realm. Yeah, he was saying like how he went, he yeah. would kill everybody for yeah, Cersei. Yeah, so, but see, I think also it goes back to, it goes back to Tyrion said to him when Jaime was like, yeah, Cersei tricked me too. And Tyrion stopped and looked at him when he was going to say, he's like, he ain't tricked you, MFA. You knew her and you was cool with it, right? <laughs> what are and, you sleeping with? Yeah, him? I think it goes, it goes to that where Jamie is facing the fact that you know what, I've been cool with this this messed up stuff for a, a, a long time, and I need to do something about this. Hmm, that's okay. All right, you looking at it from an optim, uh, opti, optimist? Uh, I'm not looking. I'm looking at it as a person that follows the show. No, no, I'm, I, I don't know. I think it'd be too on the nose if he goes in and kills Cersei. I don't know what he's going there for, but I think it'd be too on the nose. I think it's just too much of a tale that he does it. So my, at least my my viewpoints of this. I think Danny. I would love to get y'all thoughts on this. I think Danny knew that uh, John was going to tell his sister, well, cousins, uh, that he was uh, the rightful heir to the throne. I think she's playing him because based off of how she saw how they all react reacted to him after the war, and she made Gentry, Gentry, Gentry. Gendry. Gendry. Yeah, yeah. He made him the lord of some place. Uh, storm, uh, Storm's Front or Storm. Storm Chaser? No, it's Storm's. That's, Sword Thor, storm. that's Thor's hammer. Storm? No, it's. Uh, storm Chaser. Yeah, that's yeah, right. There you go. Oh, it goes back to Endgame. Was uh, it the hammer or was it the axe? <laughs> I think, well, it's kind of like a hammer axe. But anyway, that's that point. She made him, like, you know, say, hey, you can be the lord. And he, she reached down to, uh, I mean, she uh, leaned over to uh, Tyrion's like, well, you ain't the only clever one. I think she got something up because I think her love for John is is somewhat there, you know, like Storm's I, end. Storm's end. Like, yeah, I mess around with you, Targaryens. That's what yeah, we do. Yeah, push comes to whatever to shove exactly thrown over John. A foot in the back, like get out of here. But I think that she, I think she's playing him a little bit. That's just my my opinion. Uh, I love the episode though. The episode was really really good. It got back to the politics, if you want to say, of a Game of Thrones. The way it ended. 
Man, that was what, what, straight. You don't have to weigh it. Could it because he killed a little girl. He chopped the head off. Is no, that the way? I or what? What is it? I already is? seen the racism in this already. <laughs> Up north, I, I mean, I know that was down south, but, but, but I, was, I know how they do. I know how they. I know how they live in Westeros. <laughs> all right, listen, Cersei already said, like, listen, you kill all of them, but it's gonna make them look bad if you kill all the people. So, yeah, put all the people around me. It's just, all the people around it's, me. It's just, um, it's half-handed how they're ending this. It's not terrible, but it's like, y'all, you listen, you should have took another year to do this. To be honest, if you, yeah. like, if this is how it's in, really? like, really? this, because, oh, yeah. I mean, this dog, the dragon is, y'all hardcore. The dragon thing, is so. flying in the sky. <laughs> right? Like, what's wrong with that? Because, wait, wait. You saying the angle of the shot? Like, we, how, was, they did, how they did not see that? They, they was on the, all he had to do was turn to the left. I want to say he had to right. bust the left. You're like, all he had to do was like, you had to look around the horizon. Yeah, and I mean, dude, how long? This is another thing. Those ships didn't just appear out of a wormhole. It wasn't like swarm drive. But when they around, if you want to see the corner, when they when like they around something, and then they came out. Man, to the some open? mountainous wait, 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 terrain. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Hey, listen, I'm just a, I'm just a fan. They got I think jets. That's what they, they got used. jets on the back of them joints. What you mean? You know how long it take for a ship to get in position? Getting in position that you telling me at no point nobody was like. Like nobody. And that's so annoying because in the other seasons before, they would account for that. Mm -hmm. That was a thing. Like this ship was taking its correct amount of time. Yeah, but it's Hollywood now, y'all. It's a TV show. So no, it's it's um But I'm with you. I think Daenerys, she needs a really cunning move because that Wait, wait, wait. That whole uh get people around me Cersei thing that Mm -hmm. she has. Mm -hmm. That's a really nice trick, especially behind those walls, and you can't just come flaming. With those dragons, she needs to come up with like a strategy. She needs to get back with Tyrion and everybody else, and actually like figure out a way to either get into that castle and do some like secret side mission to like oh, throw she her off. I think she she's turning into the Mad Queen right now. She listen. She's on that path. Uh, be too easy. The, the That's fr- on right the, on the nose the again, fr- though. That, could be, could be the friend zone. But but this is the whole thing. The guy who loved her, but she ain't loving back. He did. Her homegirl did. Two of her dragons dead. She just found out her nephew slash lover, lover, is uh, actual heir to the throne. Mm-hmm. Now she knows that he went out there and ran his mouth, and then Sansa went out there and ran her mouth. So as they said, now eight people know. It's layers upon layers upon layers that's getting her to the point, which it could be on the nose. But it's getting so to now the on point. the nose is cool. No, when no, you no, no, use. no, 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 no. I'm just saying it's on, but it's. It's so many layers in the way it ended for her walking away after her homegirl just got her head lobbed off. Like, oh, I'm, about, I'm about to go murder these mother... You know what I'm saying? So I think you can kind of see that. But this is my question I want to ask you. The next episode, is it possible that Danny is off? Yes. Danny will not finish on that dragon. The dragon lives with John will ride the dragon. Because mm. they still never established. So they got never established, it was, did John have a connection with Rhaegar? So Rhaegar is when it's dead, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we ne- they never established that, but we know he can ride a dragon. But I think well, I think John's gonna die too, so we have to worry about it. Yeah, but I, I I'm not. In, I'm just. I think John. I don't know who's gonna live longer. Let me say that. Okay, okay. I can't be sure. I know neither one will rule on the Iron Throne. I know that much. My pick, I predict, is gonna be Sansa. Yeah, I think most people predict Sansa. Really? Yeah. I went Tyrion. Really? No, nah, it's gonna be Sansa. Sansa will either be the king or the queen, or she will be the ha- the next hand. But Sansa will, okay. Okay. she will, I mean, it's clear that it, it's, it, most of these things that we all see, go back to the adventures, 
With storytelling, it's always, let's bring it back to the, the beginning. Stony Tony Stark's I'm Iron Man. It's always going to go back to Sansa was a silly little girl and she learned from Cersei. And then if, if the, her storyline's complete like that, she takes over Cersei. She's and her beginning character bird. was, I want to be a princess and uh-huh. I want to live in the castle. Mm-hmm. She learned what that's like. Real yeah, talk. Actually. Real talk. She, she's not the fairy tale is right? The fairytale glasses are now gone. And she realizes, like, oh, this is some real stuff. And now, as we know from what Ari says, she's the, one of the smartest people in Westeros. Yeah. Listen, now her conversation with the Hound was great. Yeah. He was like, man, if you would have came oh, with me, you wouldn't have to worry about that. The Bowl is setting up real nice. What is it called again? The Cleek. The Cleegane Bowl. Oh, you talking about the Hound versus yeah. the Mountain? The Hound versus the Mountain. Mm. That's not in the book, though, right? No, well, the book hasn't come out. It doesn't right. come out. Okay. All right, right after this break, we're going to talk to Lamond Pope from Chicago Sports, break down a little bit of the White Sox and maybe a little indie football. Or that may lead to the Bears with some of the acquisitions they had in uh, the undrafted players. Dean Davis Show. What's up, Chicago? This is Chris Sosa from Red Eye, and you're listening to the Dean Davis Show. D and Davis, and right now on the line, we have Lamont Pope. You can follow him at Chicago Sports before his writing on Notre Dame football and also the White Sox. First, we're going to get into the White Sox. So how you doing, Lamont? How is that Sox beat right now? Oh, I'm really enjoying it. Yeah, nice. you know, able able to uh, to hop on it a couple weeks ago, and it's been a blast. So, look, let me ask you this: in this in the short time that you've been there, what are the Sox saying as far as the issues that they're having with the pitching staff? Is there is there anything organizationally that's leading to the injuries outside of the the bad performances? When you look at Ronaldo Lopez recently and Lucas Giolito on both fronts, the injuries and also the poor performances. What kind of inkling have the Sox given you? Yeah, I mean that's that's the biggest thing, particularly starting pitching. I mean that's that's been the biggest issue. Uh, you mentioned the injuries. You know, you lose uh, Carlos. You know, possibly with the Tommy John. You know, they're they're kind of waiting to see what the uh, what the report's going to be off of that. Um, and uh, and then obviously you know the guys that you lost previously. And and you know that's that's the big hangup. How can they get? Um, any length out of their starting center rotation, and how can they kind of further develop the guys that they're that they've had to bring on up to help on out as well? And so the, the big issue, you know, you, you you're going to have to try to rely on Anova. You're going to have to try to you know get more out of Giolito. He, he pitched kind of he pitched well on a Tuesday night against uh, against Cleveland. Nova pitched well Monday night against Cleveland. And so you know those are some signs that you might uh, see some of uh, some positives, but. It's a long way to go, particularly with this, you know, with the way that the starting pitching has uh, performed so far to date. Dean Davis recording out of 6 7 to score right now. We're online with Lamont Pope. Follow him at Lamont Pope. Lamont, let me ask you this real quick. Watching the game last night, uh, I saw an issue, a base running issue, and you would think, and some people have always kind of poked holes as far as Ricky Renteria, but with such a young team, you would think the fundamentals would be something that they accentuate. And it was uh, Garcia basically running out a run. And then you had uh, Mankata on second getting tagged out. Uh, have the Sox said anything about trying to raise these young players up right and make sure they know the fundamentals on top of all the talent that they have? Oh, I mean, that's part of this growing process, right? I mean, there are going to be a whole lot of growing pains, and, and that's definitely one that you, that you mentioned there. I mean, you're going to take some lumps. You're going to, there are going to be some mistakes along the way, and then you know, those are the opportunities when you make those type of mistakes to kind of learn from them as well. And so, you know, I think the fact that these guys are so young and um, – you know, that there's going to be some guys, there's going to be some growing pains, as, we, as we've noticed throughout, uh, throughout the season so far. And so the big thing is, you know, if you make those type of mistakes, learn from them and then kind of move forward after that. 
Lamont, one player, obviously, that's been on everybody's radar uh, here locally and nationally, that'd be one Mr. Tim, and Tim Anderson. Uh, just just the points of what you think kind of, you know, say turn, turn it, not to say turn the season around because he had a hot season, but coming from last year, from last season to this season, just what's propelled him to be like, uh, I think he was player of the month last, year, last month. Yeah, yeah. So I think a couple of things. Uh, one is just, you know, more experience under his belt. Uh, that was one thing that uh, Ricky Renteria has mentioned on a couple of occasions. Just you know, having you know, having that extra year of experience now. You know, being a little more familiar with things, being a little more comfortable with things, and that can, that can go a long, long way. But you know, kind of pre- with the previous question, you know, learning uh, from the previous year and now applying it to this season. And then he said this: the off-season work that he put on it, and, and it's shown. I mean, you know, he's been able to produce in, in a variety of ways. Um, you know, he's he's, he's He's hit some home runs. He's, he's stolen some bases. Uh, you know, he's, he's been the like he's been the, the spark plug for the team through the, throughout the month of April. Real quick, with Tim Anderson, is there anything that he noticed while he's up at the plate that pitchers were were doing that now he's able to to overcome compared to what he did with the past again with experience? Yeah, you know, it's a game. Obviously, it's a game of adjustments. That's what that's one thing that he said. He said, you know, he you know he's he's made some adjustments at the plate. He expects the pitchers to make some more adjustments at the play. You know, to kind of combat that. He kind of you know, had some struggles there in the Boston series, uh, but he bounced on back and had a, I think a couple of hits in the Cleveland in the first game last night against Cleveland. And so, so it, it's a constant. You know, that's the thing, right, about baseball. It's going to be a constant game of adjustments. Uh, Tim performed really well. I think what twenty of uh, the twenty-three games throughout March and April, he had a hit, and so you know, and, and that sort of speaks to the off-season work that he was able to put on in, uh, and it's and it's and it's shown throughout that throughout that opening month. I think you said the same thing about Moncada, man. That home run last oh, night, yeah. he that destroyed it. So similar thing. Yeah, yeah, very much so. I mean, you know, obviously, you know, with with Mankata, the case is, you know, good things happen tend to happen when you make contact, right? You know, yeah. obviously, he had a ton of strikeouts last season. You know, he's he's been able to cut that down so far, and so you know, you know, being able to to not only you know make contact, but then you had, like you said last you know, last night with the long home run as well. Uh, you know, just just being able to make good solid contact, and it's and again, it's one of those experiences. It's one of those situations again where someone. Uh, took those experiences, took those struggles from last season, learned from them, and has been able to, to adjust and adapt and, and have had some success so far this year. D and Davis show recording right here at 670 score online, which right now, Lamont Pope. Make sure y'all go out there and follow Lamont on Twitter at Lamont Pope. Uh, and sticking with Makata, but going to another question. Uh, it was, a, I think he hit a double last night. And third base coach sent the runner that was in front of him. I forget who it was, but he tagged out. But I think even in the Boston series, there was a it was a play That's where the play that I was talking about. yeah yeah. But the, what I was trying to get to when I asked is the aggressiveness that we're seeing from the from the team running the bases, just playing in general. Is that something that Ricky's really pushing the team to do to just just play more aggressive? Yeah, you know, I, I think I remember the play in the Boston series where, um, you know, I, I, when, I, when I saw it, I thought it was kind of a questionable send. Um, but when you're in a situation, you know, particularly in that, that Boston series as well, yeah, when, when you're kind of, uh, when the pitching staff is going the way that it's going, you know that every run counts. You know that you yes. might need to force things, might need to go an extra, you know, might need to go an extra 90 bases just to kind of, uh, you know, generate an extra run to, to kind of force, you know, force the hand for the for the opposition and hope that they might make a miscue on, on the relay throw or something of that nature. And so, you know, I mean, that that's kind of goes back to, you know, the, the initial question about pitching. When, when pitching is going 
particular starting when when the going so so poorly, you know, you might have to do a little extra to kind of kind of generate some runs to maybe kind of uh, jumpstart things. And so I, I think that might have been the case with that one as well. Dan Davis on the line right now. We have Lamont Pope. Follow him at Lamont Pope. He writes for Chicago Sports and also LC News Sun Sports. Uh, Lamont, let me ask you this real quick. I was watching uh, the White Sox pre or post game, and White Sox great Frank Thomas was on there uh, sitting there as he rightfully so complained about the pitching, but he was saying that the, the hitting right now and and how talented these hitters are that they basically have a playoff label a level of uh, hitting on the offensive side. Do you believe that? Well, I mean, you take a look. I think one through five. Uh, you know the, the general guys that have batted one through five in, in the lineup uh, throughout most of the season. Uh, all those guys are like 280 or above, and so I mean that when you're getting that type of production at the top of the lineup, you know whether it's you know obviously a Braves been turning it up, tearing it up as of late. Um, obviously we talked about uh, Anderson and Mancada, uh, Garcia at the, at the top of the lineup has, has performed pretty well, and then uh, uh, James McCann, he's been a big you know he's been a big addition yeah. uh, coming from from the Tigers. And so, so when those guys at the top line up, they're producing. I think I think they entered the day uh, third in the American League in batting. Um, so, so that's you know that's you can't really ask for more than that yeah. out of uh, out of an offense. You know, but, you know, it comes back to that pitching. You know, the starting pitching is performed so poorly uh, during some stretches that it started wearing and tearing on on the uh, on the bullpen. And then you know, it had a situation the other night where it was only a five-run game, and you had to bring in. Uh, you know, an infielder and, and Jose, and you had to bring in an infielder to, to pitch in the ninth inning uh, because you because you, your your bullpen was so taxed, and that's a situation in a five run game. You know, if it's a seven or ten run game, you can understand it, but in a five run game, you know, you might not normally. I don't know if I ever really the last time I saw something like that, um, and so so it's a situation where the bullpen or where the starting pitching has been so you know so. Banged up or, or getting beat up so early on in, in games that that it leads to the bullpen being uh, being worn on down and so so it has a trickle on down down effect and so no matter how good the offense has been uh, the fact that the the pitching has been you know has been subpar you know, has 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 hurt those those possible games that the team could possibly make. Is there anybody that's on the team right now, perhaps that's that's in the the tunnel coming from the minor leagues? that can take advantage of the fact that Nick Engel got shipped down and John Jay still isn't going to be back? Yeah, I mean, it's a, uh, you know, it's it's a constant, uh, um, you know, that's one thing that, that we've seen early on as well, right? You know, they're giving multiple guys uh, different opportunities. You know, not not the guys that were, um, you know, that, that have received a lot of the hype still, right? You know, they're, they're still a little ways away um, as far as, you know, making their input and making their impact here at the big league level. Um, and so I think it's a little bit of a, of a, um, of a miss and max, just, just sort of waiting to see, you know, who can kind of contribute uh, during this period of time. Yeah, I mean, obviously with, with Engel going down and with Jay uh, still on the injured list, um, you know, guys, guys are going to get opportunities like, you know, uh, like a Nikita Malenko who's recently sent back on up. And, um, and so you have those situations where, you know, guys are going to get opportunities, you know, to kind of, kind of prove themselves and get, get some more at-bats uh, with, with all this sort of shuffling that's going on, particularly out in the outfield. Lamont, let me ask you this. What would you consider to be a successful season for the White Sox? Mm, that's a really good question. I, I, yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, the, the, at the, um, in the phase that they're in, um, you know, I, I mean, I, you take a look at the division, right? Um, you know, Minnesota's playing really good baseball. Uh, Cleveland, you, you, you expect Cleveland to be there, um, you know, battling the Twins as well. 
Uh, but the rest of it, you know, obviously the, the Royals are, are struggling. The Tigers are struggling. So, um, so there's going to be some wins there between, you know, when you play the Royals and you play the Tigers uh, 18, 19 times. Um, and, and obviously, you know, you, you've had some success against Baltimore as well um, early on in the season. So, so I think the big thing for them is to just ha- see those signs that you continue, continue to see those signs that you've seen out of Makata, uh, continue to see those signs that you've seen out of uh, Tim Anderson. Show that next progress and show those progress from some of those some core guys there um, that you know that, all right, we have these guys in place that can help us when some of these other reinforcements uh, come on back either from injury or, or from down in the, in the minors. And so, you know, just kind of take that, that next step in the process uh, where, where some of those guys, some of those, some, some of those core figures that you uh, want to kind of build the team around, um, make that sort of next step in their development. And so far, you know, you, like I said, like we've talked about, you know, you've seen it from Mankata, you've seen it from Anderson. You want to kind of see that throughout the entire season. Uh, you know, the wins and losses, I mean, they're, they're still going to lose a, a ton of games. They're not going to lose as many games last year. Um, um, but, but I think, you know, it, it's a season where you're going to win a few more games, um, but I, I don't think the wins and losses are, are going to be as, as, as important as seeing that development out of some of those core guys. Dean Davis on the line right now, recording out of 6-7 to score. Lamont Pope, uh, follow, follow him at Lamont Pope. He covers Notre Dame and also the White Sox. I got to get to some ND stuff and some Bears stuff before we let you go, Lamont. Uh, you posted on your timeline, Riley Mills is going to Notre Dame, the four-star defensive lineman out of Lake Forest. What can they expect uh, up in South Bend from him? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he still has a senior season to, to go uh, playing over at Lake Forest, but you know, uh, with the number two uh, ranked recruit in Illinois, and so you know, and Notre Dame has done a really good job uh, developing those defensive linemen. I mean, obviously, um, Jerry Tillery uh, being a first-round draft pick uh, this this season with the the Chargers, um, and then you'll have guys coming back uh, for for their senior year and. Um, and, and Julian Aquara and uh, Click Kareem, and so those and those guys can get to the quarterback. Those guys can pressure the quarterback. So Mike Elston has done an excellent job, sort of uh, developing that defensive line, where I think it's going to be uh, the team's strength uh, defensively uh, for this upcoming season. And so that's that's good news for for someone like like Mills, where he can go on in, um, you know, like I said, uh, you know, and still another year away, but he can go on in and learn from someone like Mike Elston and sort of make those next steps and sort of make an impact like that. Um, you know, obviously he was he he came down to Notre Dame, uh, Wisconsin, and Ohio State, uh, and so so there's going to be you know so that's some top level competition and for them to choose the Irish, I know that was one of their big gets, one of the guys that they really pinpointed and trying to trying to make sure that they were able to get to the 2020 class. And speaking of Lake Forest, out at Hollis Hall. The Bears brought in two undrafted old linemen from Notre Dame, and that's Alex Bars and Sam Mustafer. Uh, do you expect for these guys to stick? And for anybody that hasn't been watching them at Notre Dame this year, what can you expect from them in the pros? Yeah, well, let's start with uh, with Alex. I mean, he suffered an injury uh, during last season. Uh, you know, both, both those guys uh, were captains, um, and so and both of them have worked with uh, with Harry uh, with Harry before, and yeah. so he knows you know he knows them quite well. 
Um, so that I think that's one thing that can help. I think Alex, if he would have stayed healthy, I mean, he would have been someone that would have uh, been drafted. And so I think the fact that it, you know the injury uh, might have scared off a few teams, he's, he's someone that can I think make an impact uh, you know, eventually in the NFL. And Sam, you know, a solid solid center. I mean, he, you know, he's he's, uh, he's been there. Like I said, he was one of the team captains. Both of those guys can make an imprint. Both of those guys can make an impact uh, on and help the team's uh, offensive line for sure. Lamont, brother, thank you so much for hopping on with us. Uh, keep doing a great job on that White Sox beat. And uh, you know what? When, it, when college football season starts up, maybe Notre Dame uh, doing a little something, something, we have you back your own. Definitely talk about that, uh, too. Anytime, guys. Thanks. Really appreciate it. Have a good All one, right. Lamont. We appreciate it. You, you and, too. And that was Lamont Pope. Make sure you follow Lamont on Twitter at Lamont Pope. It covers Notre Dame and White Sox for Chicago sports. You uh, are you ex- are you? Let me ask you this. Notre Dame football. Mm-hmm. What do you expect from them this upcoming season? Mm. That's a good question. They didn't make the playoffs last year. Yeah, they did. Did they? No, they didn't. No, I don't think they was in the playoffs. They were last in the run for it. Yeah, they were in the playoffs. They lost the Clemson. Yeah, you're oh, right. that's right. They did yeah, lose they the Clemson. Did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You're right. You're right. You're right. Yeah, it's the first time they've been on there since the well, Florida State. Florida State game. Yeah. yeah. Um, so what do you expect for them this upcoming season? I mean, you know what? It's pretty interesting when you ask that mm-hmm. because you think about Kelly and before last season, it was like. Should we run his ass out of here again? Mm-hmm. And then he came back and had that season. I mean, if if it's if the the talent that are, is funneling through there is as solid as it is, we see they definitely lost some of them. And it's something they've been good at since the Bears took Harry Heastad back. What brought Harry Heastad back? They've definitely had good offensive lines, and as uh, Lamar just told us, they have a good defensive line. If the trenches are good, they should be fine. Because that's basically one of their best assets because we know that it's not as fast as those teams that they match up against. No, the playoffs they are and, not. So it de- I think it depends on necessarily if the trenches are good, the, the stability of the play at the running back, I mean the quarterback. Yeah, you know what? They're going to be good because I, you look at the fact that they had a lot of stability at the quarterback's position last year. Uh, if he can come back and, and provide and grow from last year after taking that job, I would expect for them to be steady. Now, when we're steady, it's ND. I'm not saying they're going to be undefeated. But I think if they only have two losses, it, it shouldn't be a big complaint from Notre Dame fans because, again, this isn't the 1940s, 50s, or 60s, or even Lou Holtz, 80s Notre Dame team. This is today where, one, your NBC deal isn't as important when everybody else conference has a, the ability to show Television network, basically. Yeah, so if you're sitting there asking me that, I think they'll be fine. But uh, it'll be interesting but, to see because they've, they've done like this before. But fine is fine just – Okay, you're gonna, you know, possibly lose two to three games. You make it to some bowl. It's fine. Like, listen, no, you need to be in the mix in the playoffs. Maybe you, maybe you do lose to a Clemson again. What's what's fine? And aren't some of their mainstay opponents down? Like USC, they're down right now. True. They should be able to get a victory there. They play Miami. They play all Stanford. The time. They play Stanford, Stanford is mm-hmm. usually a tough team, but they haven't been as powerful as late. They should be able to have a pretty winnable schedule, I would think. Are they playing Michigan even this year? I don't know. Is the schedule out yet? I don't I think the schedule so. is out, out just yet. So, I mean, yeah, definitely we have to see exactly who they're going to play against. That's a good point, Ryan. But I, I just wonder, us growing up in the uh, 80s and the 90s, Notre Dame was Notre Dame. It just seems as if, well, I guess maybe the question I want to ask, are we ever going to get to that point? I know things are cyclical in this world. Things kind of come back to life. Ian but, Book is the mm, QB I was thinking about. Ian Book? Yeah, Ian Book when he took over the job he performed very well last year. Yeah, but is that that's the question I think I want to I really want to try to get to is kind of like 
those days of past of Notre Dame, are they, are, they, are they done? Yeah, or? of course it's done. Okay. But right. that doesn't mean they can't. It doesn't mean they can't get a, ph- a phenomenal enough player and have kind of what they've had in what two times in the last ten years, twelve years to, fr- to get into the playoffs. If they had like a dynamic quarterback, they could overcome some of this, or just like a, the a, the whip on defense. Only, but see the problem again. We're talking about speed, and even though we're, yeah, we're, what speed has they really been able to get? It's going to be hard for them to get Bend. speedy defenders. Mm-hmm. And I'm really talking about defensive backs. It's going to be hard for them to get those or players from the south. Top, yeah. But even if you look at uh, what's his name that's down there at um at Dallas that tore up his knee. Yeah, Jalen Smith. Jalen Smith. Smith. Yeah. yeah, we've seen yeah. linebackers. Yeah, 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 the yeah, linebacker yeah. and Jalen Smith is phenomenal. Would have been a top they, three pick. They produced Drew some it. really good defense. Of Lyman, yeah. Stephen Tewitt, yeah, mm-hmm. if, if, the Steelers, if the front seven, they're fine. But it's even when I'm including some linebackers, I'm talking about pass coverage is where you probably can exploit them because in a way, we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Meta. Hey, Who said that? You know, in a way, we're still talking about kind of a Big Ten style team where they got bruisers and stuff. But can you put up enough speed, or can you alter the game plan of these speedy teams? Are, do you think their fan base is still living in the past? Oh, I think yeah. most fan bases do that. I think, especially in college, too. Great point. Because in college, you're just you're just That's in it. your all all about the culture. It's all yeah. about the Glory days, whatever those were. <laughs> they were in the 40s <laughs> or days. last decade. <laughs> Nebraska's coming back. But no, that's, I mean, that's the question. I just, you know, I'm a Miami Hurricanes fan. It just seems like it's Notre just, Dame. I, I just don't know if they're ever going to be back to what they once they, were. Yeah, they probably won't not. be. Yeah. I'm talking about Miami. I mean, they, that's what I'm talking about. If they got that truth of a coach, yeah. they could, with the recruiting that they could do, yeah. they could get back there. Look, look, again, Miami has the chance, but I think the problem with Miami, one, the administration does not put into that to the facilities enough in the past, and they don't back the players like they should, like they once did. Yeah, but the thing is, with so many schools, one in Florida, let alone out throughout the South, it's hard to lock down Miami. They, the way they did in the past years to True. get all those players to Florida come International, like, Florida Atlantic. Yeah, and good point. So UCF, yeah, UCF. Like it's you, you. It's so many different schools down there. So I think Miami could go definitely go for a run again, where they, they win, yeah. a, they win a national championship, but sustain it I for so. let's just say sustain it for five years, where maybe you're in the national championship game two and a half, three times. I don't see that happening. Yeah, I don't mean. think outside of Clemson, as far as when Alabama fades. I don't know who's next up, to Arbor? be honest with you. No Auburn? No Auburn never be that school. But see, that's a good point because mm. Florida, there's just too many good schools. Mm. If the all the other schools are on their downturn, maybe Miami great could. Great point. Great point. But could no, do yeah. it. Oh, you can say the same thing about Auburn Florida State. never be like that. Florida State will never be Florida. Florida right. State that's will never be Miami. Put it like that. They'll no. never be. But I'm I'm talking about like what about how Bowden had, had them. Right. Like they'll never like you saw Jim, Jimbo how Jimbo what? broke. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and went to Texas A&M right. over Florida State. State. Yeah, Florida State's supposed to be that blue blood compared to Texas I mean, A&M with, football. But here it goes once again in in, in football. You can kind of say same thing in NFL. The parity of it. But when you but listen like like Ken brought up. All these schools now, damn, they have the conference. Damn, they has a network. Uh, you be you you are able to with the coaching and the, the way the, uh, football is played right now with the spread offense, and you just let them go. And man, a lot of teams that you didn't think about once before was like, man, you know what? I'd rather go to that school. And that's the problem for Notre Dame. 
because you're talking about a spread offense. It's a problem for everybody except Alabama right well, now. Well, I'm talking about maybe Clemson. It's a problem for teams that usually are big and strong up front, but skill positional wise, you don't get the top talent. Very true. Because either yeah. it's two things you either have to do. One, you're going to get scored on if it's a proficient offense in the first place. Can you score as much as those teams? Mm-hmm. Or can you alter and slow them down with significant defensive players? And the chances of them getting either sustainably are slim to none. That was like that Clemson game. They couldn't keep up with them scoring, and they couldn't do anything to stop Nobody them. could. Nobody could. But, true, true. you know, with Notre Dame, that's been their I'm with thing. you. I'm with they you. Just, they never have the offense and the defense at the same time. It's usually Good one point. or the other. Well, Good point. Yeah, true. Yeah, the boosters can only afford one. Yeah. I mean, you have LSU, you have Clemson, Gee, you have Catholic. Alabama. <laughs> <laughs> this has to go. I, this goes to my tides. <laughs> well, I mean, but you have an LSU, you have a Clemson, you have an Alabama. You have those guys be able to stay down south, be able to play. USC is going to be one, in the next decade. UFC, USC is going to be for a period of time. If they can just get a coach, yeah, USC yeah. is going to be, is one of those sleeping giants that are going to run and have over a five year span, like we say in Miami. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Urban like, Meyer, come on down. Oh, look, Ohio State. Think about what's a good point. What's what's Todd they going to do at Ohio State? Like, there's yeah. what are you going like that? Look. The, the top fight schools are getting the top players because these boys want to shine and get to the pros as fast as possible unless someone's playing in their position. And usually we're really talking quarterbacks that are doing the transfers. Listen, if you were an offensive yeah. lineman, a defensive lineman, or just in general, as far as depth at your position, it's sad that these coaches still have that much control over you. But we see the quarterbacks. You had Fields leave uh, Georgia to go to Ohio State last year because he, he couldn't beat out um, – What's the um, uh, uh, from. Jake from? He couldn't beat out from. Yeah. Thought he was gonna be out, be out from. And now Ohio State goes from having uh, Haskins leave, and you got a you got a dynamite QB prospect in Fields. All you heard about this huge black kid with a rifle of an arm last year was like, okay, watch him. Yeah. And that was with From there. People were saying that, and, and they were taking From off the field to get him out yeah, there. So and what about Hurts going down to uh, Oklahoma? Right? Am I right about that? Yeah, Hurts yeah, going up yeah. though. Yeah, he's yeah. going up. Um, or he's going to the side. He's going to the side. <laughs> Listen, this is going to let us know if Lincoln Riley is the man. If you can take Jalen, Jalen Hurts, again, watching someone do it, from the little bits we saw when he came in last year at the Georgia game, he showed us that he was better. His passing game was better. He wasn't one look and run type of guy. Um, listen, man, I can't bet against Lincoln Riley. And again, he did it with better passers, uh, well, more n- natural passers in uh, Baker Mayfield and Kyler Murray. Mm-hmm. But man, he, with a guy that can run like Jalen Hurts can run and what he wants to prove, man, it, he, 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 we he, shall see. he won't be what they were, but he should be good. I'll say that much. He should be good. I and mean, who's really challenging them in the Big 12 right now? Great, great point. Maybe Texas? You think, you think Texas is taking that next step for real? I don't A&M? necessarily think that. And that's A&M? A&M? maybe that's a fan base that is delusional, delusional. Them in Michigan, I feel like the most too delusional to, uh, friends. But I think Michigan knows, but they lie to themselves. Texas, that's Texas, worse. Te- but man, Texas is just full on lying to itself and doesn't know. It. But isn't that another <laughs> sleeping giant right there? But re- no, who Texas? You know why? Because they had Vince Young one year. What other year were they like? Watch out for Texas. I what was they gonna do? Run Ricky Williams? Ricky Williams. Like, but I'm just saying, like outside of that Vince Young year, don't what, you crap on Cedric Benson? I'm just saying, it Major Applewhite. <laughs> like what? What are we really looking out for? Like, dude, come on. I'm thinking of Houston. I'm thinking the Texas A and M would be the teams in Houston. I mean, in Texas, Texas A and M with that oil money. Yeah, Watch. I think it's Texas A and M. That's another problem for Texas. That's the Florida problem for exactly. Texas. Exactly. Yeah, you got Houston. Yeah. Exactly. Who's this crew. Mm-hmm. 
Especially they got the West Virginia coach that was really solid. A couple of years ago, T TCU? Yeah, TCU yeah, was Yeah, Gary Patterson and mm-hmm. TCU. Yeah. yeah. I mean, listen, that's just the the ability of these fran- these I say franchises, they are basically franchises. These programs be able to just kind of play any book. Yeah, I know, right. Yeah, the, the West Coast has got to find a team. That yeah, Pac-12 has got to find. They got Washington. Oh, Washington. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that is their Alabama team. Alabama mini. Yeah, Washington. Yeah. All right, we're going to come here and wrap this thing up, okay? Dean Davis Show. Yo, what's up? This is Rashid Hadi, and you're listening to the Dean Davis Show. Yeah. Dean Davis Show. All right, it's about that time to wrap it up. But Ken was like, you know what? I got a question for y'all. So, Ken, what is the question? Um, does it matter uh, that the Medal of Freedom was rewarded, to, awarded to Tiger Woods by Trump uh, at the White House today? Um, actually, what are talk, your thoughts? What are my thoughts? Well, look, you know what? Somebody actually asked me this question too. Shout out to our guy uh, Anton Deshaun. Uh, he, he hit us up on our group chat. Was like, Demons, why are you a fan of this guy? I'm like, who is he talking about? And then I saw it, and I'm like, oh, it's Tiger and Trump. I said, listen, I'm a fan of Tiger, the player. Mm-hmm. Seeing him play golf, I think it's pretty cool to watch because he's just so great, probably the greatest of all time. Maybe. Maybe. You arguably. Could, you could, you could argue, arguably. Physically, yes. Yes. I mean, he changed the way the game is played right now. He, he really has. Mm-hmm. He's, a, he's a unicorn. But I do think, in a sense, I, I do think Tiger is apolitical when it comes to whoever praises him. I can definitely see Tiger Woods um, receiving the Medal of Freedom from Barack Obama or any Democrat president because it's about Tiger Woods and about his accomplishments. I don't. I, I mean, I know him and Trump are boys and they play. Yeah, I don't think it would have been the same if it was Obama. Why don't you think it would be? Oh, well, I think I, because his relationship with Trump. Right. Yeah. And he has that. All, my, all I'm saying is, yes, it probably would not have garnered so much attention because it's, it's because it is Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. But they are friends, though. I mean, people have to understand that they was boys before we before he became president. But I think he would have took the medal from anybody. I think he would have took the medal from anybody. But I think due to the fact that this was such a press op for Trump and Tiger knew. I mean, I'm sure Trump told him, "Like, man, let, we gonna, it's gonna be great, and it's gonna be." I'm sure oh, they yeah. was. I'm sure they didn't eat hamburgers that time. But I, oh, I no, they got steaks. I feel like, yeah, Tiger would have been cool if Obama did it. First of all, Obama would have said something like some semi-hip, and Tiger wouldn't have known what the hell he was talking about. <laughs> but uh, I feel like thank you, Tiger, knowing that uh, the playing up to Trump definitely played up some type of, uh, he, he deferred to him in a kind of way, and it was kind of like Vladdy Divas running into Magic Johnson's arms in the 91 finals. Um. <laughs> 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 Yeah, yeah. I mean, the one picture they got when Tiger is like, uh, when President Trump is is hugging him, and Tiger's looking at him like, "Oh, thank you so much." Kind of like a, kind of kind of look like a, a father to son kind of moment. Kind of yeah, they had the same color is that you, Earl? same tie. I mean, I don't know. I think I think people just had to understand the caveat that before Trump was president. Just those two roll together. They but play golf together. They that that was them. Did Tiger smell the money? And he was like, "Oh, you smell like money." It smells like golf courses, right? Um, I don't know. Tiger's lack of connection to the community is kind of just like you just doubling down, right? Like we keep kind of giving you kind of a like, okay, Tiger. And it's just like, no, no, no. Line in the sand. I'm over here. <laughs> right? like, I'm on my 65 foot. Yeah, I remember that race draft on uh, Dave Chappelle. <laughs> right. <laughs> but uh, but what's funny though is uh, 
Yes, I think a lot of people do think that he feels that way. When his ass got picked up for that DUI, what color was he? Black. You know, so, I mean, I don't know. It's up to him if he <laughs> wants to. He was definitely black that day. No, 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 no. The cops said he was. The cops said he was black. Oh, I mean, like that, yeah. But I just mean I don't think that. I don't think that ever sunk in as probably. Oh, it probably doesn't. In the back of his mind, he'd be like, "Dad, this black stuff did hurt me a little bit that time." Yeah, possibly, but still. Possibly. I mean, the fact that people got in the fact that Tiger was getting freaky is still ridiculous. I was reading an article today in uh, the um, uh, under what's the what's the name on the ESPN? undefeated? Thank you, undefeated. I apologize. And it was talking about, like, his sex addiction. I was just like, why do you care? Like, why do people care? I mean, of course he was married. But a lot of people in general now, outside of wealthy people, have agreements. And I guess Tigers wasn't ironclad enough. Do you think something like that would happen right now with a big star? If they came out and said he was having all these women? Do you think it would be that much of a, mm. a blowback? Because that happened, like, more than, is it about 10 years ago that happened? Around, about yeah. 10 years ago? I mean, times change. It depends I mean, on that star's a, we, marketing how that star markets themselves. We have a genital grabber in the in the in the White House right yeah, now. Yeah, but that's because his his I'm just saying his truthers don't. It, he has Texans fans, a Texas uh, university fans. Mm-hmm. As far as we don't care, don't we're care. getting what we, yeah, we're getting what we got. I, mean, I but, think it's but, still. I get what you're saying that yeah. the times have changed, but I think the, the 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 my caveat would be it still depends on how that person markets themselves and whatever they were doing, how it is uh, beforehand, how it is just totally the opposite of what they market themselves as. So if uh, somebody like, who's a Gronk. So if it came out, the Gronk came out like, yeah, he had 30 women on the side. That's not exactly, because we look at Gronk as being, Gronk is taking pictures with porn stars. That's what I'm saying. It's the marketing beforehand. But no, it has to be someone, for what you're saying, it'd have to be, if it's going to be something salacious, it'd have to be a married man who, it'd have to be like Philip Rivers. Like we're like, what the hell? Philip Rivers is out here doing like it'd have to be a guy that's like Yo, I'm about God. In yeah. yeah. I'm so much That'd about God and the Lord and all this. And he does something just just die, die, oh. just totally the opposite. Maybe like Steph Curry. Yeah, that's Very, a good yeah. one. Yeah, that's a like, good one. And his wife was something on the diametrically red. opposite. Yeah. I mean, she actually uh, just came out talking about that. Yeah, on, yeah, the, red on the red table. Yeah. When uh, on Facebook, uh, Jada Can't get any guys to uh, hit on her. She said that? Yeah, she said Steph's getting all these girls, and she can't get any guys to hit on her. Oh. So when she sees that, makes her jealous. I think anybody probably, any guy probably would. <laughs> I think that's, I mean, she's an attractive woman. I think, you got a cute face. I don't think she, I think that's a lie. <laughs> I think that's a lie on her part. It could be. I think that's a lie. That's a good she's one. A, you could be right with that. You're she, probably right with that. Yeah, she's an attractive woman. And for most dudes, it's kind of like all you gotta do is. And everybody's scared of Steph like that. Oh, that, <laughs> it's not that, like Anthony Mason's wife. Like <laughs> I want no issues with him. It's the, that, and it's like most most dudes are like oh she a five she okay. She's a very attractive. She's an attractive woman. Oh, she's a cutie. Boy. Yeah, she's an attractive woman. That's a lie. Guys hitting on her. Right. Guys are hitting on her. Actually, guy is hitting on her. Yeah, he's guy like, probably guy like look that. at these waves. <laughs> You still standing? Spin around. You still standing? All you gotta do is go left to right. On her timeline, pay the guy, pay the guy, pay the guy, pay the guy. Your husband with his weak ankles, all you gotta do is go left to right. He ain't gonna catch look me. At these, look at these Stevenson Gill ankles. Look at these drum hands. Look at these drum hands. Come to my church, girl. Waves. I'll hit on you, baby. Yeah, I don't believe in that. I can agree with you on that one. Yeah, I can, I, I, I can not agree. She's on playing that. a humble card right there. Let's just shut up. Listen, if that's my wife, yes, I, I guess I want to hear that too. I just oh, you damn it. right you want to hear. I it. just I just wouldn't believe it. <laughs> I would not believe. Like you ain't got no dude trying to hit on you. Come on now, come on now. 
You got another question? No. Um, on this day in 1989, Jordan hit the shot. Yeah, we were talking to Mark Grody uh, before we start the show. Uh, recording here, recording right here at 670 Score. Follow Grody. Make sure you check out when he's hosting here before the Cubs games will end during overnight and sometime yeah. matched up with Julie. Hopped on with us when we did overnight. Great dude. Great dude. Great dude. Um, nah, man, listen, that, that right there is kind of like, I ain't going to say that's what really catapulted Michael Jordan, but that was just like one of the... Catapult the Bulls. Yeah, that's one the, of the steps. Uh, that's know. the only memory I really have Catapult of Jordan Bulls. in the moment. Really? Yeah. I heard uh, hmm. Danny Parkins talking about it. I believe it was Danny. Uh, Mac was out. Uh, but one of the things to remember, and I'm, I mean, I already knew this, so I'm not saying I'm just snatching it from their show, but make sure you check out um, Parkins. I mean, McKnight. I mean, I'm sorry. McNeil and Parkins. McNeil and Parkins. Um, this is the thing. People don't realize how great that Cleveland team was, or almost mm-hmm. being great. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're talking about Cadillac Williams, you're talking about Larry Nance, you're talking about Brad Doherty, Mark Price, Craig Elo. Like, compared to the Bulls, they were were loaded more than the Bulls. The Bulls weren't supposed to win that series. So that kind of established the Bulls as, instead of the Cleveland being more of a well-rounded team, it established them as being the team that was going to knock on the Pistons' door. Yeah, that's that kind of made the, the that that essentially, and you also got to remember, people didn't believe back in the days a leading scorer d- didn't have a winning team because he was taking too many shots. You know, like a, so if you led the league in scoring, you didn't have a good team because you had all the shots, so you can do that. Mm-hmm. It was more, it, it wasn't as much as ISO ball at the time. So it, it also proved that Jordan, who was leading the league in scoring, could do both at the time, be a, 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 a a big time player on a winning team, and also his team was ascending to the point where they were could clearly show that maybe they win a championship. It definitely uh, ended all hopes for Cleveland until one Mr. LeBron James became a Cavalier. And think about that. This was you said thirty years ago. Had to, LeBron had to wash away the blood of Craig Elo. Yes, basically. Yeah, yeah. It took that long for a franchise and to, took to Kyrie get back. Irving for him to wash away the blood. <laughs> He rushed away with Kyrie's blood. <laughs> He's a three. I'm gone. Um, but no, nah, man, yeah, that's that that right there really, like you said, Ken, catapulted the Bulls franchise. And it was kind of like, oh, man, look at these young guys. And after that, six championships. Before Phil even got there. Yeah, that one out. All right, hey, thanks for hopping on with us and checking us out right here. Dean Davis Show, right, recording right down here at 670 Score. Make sure you follow, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Dean Davis Show. Once again, it's at Dean Davis Show. Facebook.com forward slash Dean Davis Show. You can contact contact us there. iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Music, Stitcher, the TuneIn app, Spotify, and YouTube. Subscribe, rate, comment, all that good stuff. You want to send us an email as well? That's cool too. Dean Davis Show at gmail.com. I'm on Twitter at Demons1. Ken's on Twitter at That's Davis. Ryan Bukovsky, make sure you follow Ryan on Twitter at Ryan Bisky. Uh, listen, we want to definitely thank David Schuster and Lamont Poe for joining us today. Uh, make sure you go back and check out this past week's flip. Uh, we were lucky enough to have Cam come on with us. It's Cameron Smith. Cameron Smith. Make sure you check him out. And on 150, MSG 150, was it? MSG 150, yep. Yeah, MSG 150 from Monday nights and all the way through Thursday nights. Uh, he posted it last night. We're going to keep posting it to let you guys know where to follow Cam at and follow his success. Uh, we will be back for another flip. I think of right now, we're guest-free this flip coming guess, up. Guest-free. Yeah, keep it guest-free. We're guest-free, so that means you're going to get all of our shenanigans. Hopefully you enjoy them. Uh, look, please, especially how crazy the world is with mass shootings in any school and every school going on, don't do anything stupid from you from us again. Keep your hands to yourself. <laughs>